Hey, this is Chase Sexton. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. All right, thanks for joining in on another Vital MX Moto X Pod show presented by Race Tech and Boyson. We're deep into these off-season shows, guys. 59 days until A1, in fact. Hopefully I had that number right. I did the math today. I counted on my fingers. Don't have 59 fingers, so I could have missed one. But we have a few things to talk about, <clears throat> including World Supercross and some or an interesting team sign-up that happened recently. I'm a little sick, so hopefully I don't cough and hack too much into this microphone but if i do you guys will live through it <clears throat> we also have on the show this week star racing yamaha's nick romano is going to come on he hasn't raced in over a year and then phoenix racing's bryson neal who won his second gncc xc1 quad championship yes we're going to have a quad racer on we have uh or i have made some fun of quad riders but bryson's a bad bad dude so i uh, look forward to ha- hearing what he has to say did you think, Scotty, or TJ, especially you, because we've made fun of you for you used to race quads a little bit, do you think we'd ever have a quad racer on? Um, of course, because, I mean, <laughs> those guys are, like, tough, and they are still racers, and yeah. so, I mean, I don't, I don't see that why y'all hate so much, but, <clears throat> I mean. Well, I'm not hating tonight. He's he's a bad dude, and you could, I mean, he'll put me in my place, I'm sure, if I hate, so. Yeah. In studio, as you can hear, TJ Smith, I guess I'll go to you first, since you talked, even yeah. though Scotty's more important. Yeah, Scotty is definitely more important now. What? Yeah. Is this going to be a whole, uh, no, I'm not going to get used to the uh, uh, compliments. Now he screwed up his talk. Shut up, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> also in studio, work at the cameras, YouTube chat, Scotty Thompson. What's going on? Hey, not much, man. Just glad to be back. Uh, we had a listener already excited that, thank, thankfully, that somebody's doing shows and that we have content to put out, even though all in the off season. So, glad to be here. Well, yeah, we're, you know, Pulp did a show last week. We didn't. We're doing a show this week. He didn't. He's back next week. We won't be. It works uh, out. Yeah, it's working out for this month anyway. In December, we haven't really talked about it yet. But also on the line, all the way from sunny Southern California, Vital Mexes, Michael Lindsay. What's going on, ML? I'm just thankful to be back in sunny Southern California. I spent two weeks in the in the Carolinas and New Hampshire, and it rained and poured and was cold the whole time. So I'm I'm very appreciative to be home. That's interesting. We're, we're going to get into why you're in Carolina in just one second. But first, we are going to get into the Boyson Open discussion. And Boyson would love to spotlight their Factory Racing's Rider Support Program, which is a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. Off-road riders, including guys like Bryson Neal. Right, right, right. Yes, yep, people, thank yep. you. Off-road. Off-road, off-road, off-road. <laughs> the program oh, offers the participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and potential to become one of their new product te- development test riders Join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers by visiting boyson.com today. I'm having a real hard time, Scott, uh, TJ, not coughing. <coughs> Guess I'm not going to make it. This is going to be a rough night. Um, yeah, so, Michael, you were in the Carolinas. Uh, maybe maybe you did a little bit of pleasure, but you were there working quite a bit. You were at Phoenix Racing a lot, and one of the topics I do want to get into is Dylan Ferrandis has signed with Phoenix Racing. Why were uh, you there? Care- careful with that wording. Okay. Careful with that wording. Okay. 
we're hearing that he's going to sign with Phoenix Racing. Um, you've been there. What do you know? What was your involvement? Uh, there's, I got a handful of things I can't go into, but sure. uh, cool part. I got to be there for his first day on the bike. Um, knowing the, the team owners stuff, I kind of figured out what was going on shortly before. So actually we finished some bike testing here. I got to red eye there. Um, go his first day at the track. And I mean, a lot of this is birth from Dylan wanting to try a Honda. Um, his, you know, the relationship he's kind of developed with uh, Ziggy from factory connection uh, since, you know, he worked with him there at the end of his star tenure, starting from Unidil on uh, Ziggy was doing his stuff and um, Ziggy knowing David, they all just kind of, you know, Hey, let's put him on a bike and basically see what happens and see what we can make of it. So yeah, they ran the track, built him a bike. He came on road. He was, uh, you know, like you have gone to interview Dylan quite a few times. I've always had uh, good interactions with him, but you hear, you know, some of the things of you know, rumors and comments about how he is the team and how he's to deal with. He was so respectful and nice and excited about the the chance to ride one for the day. He genuinely loved the bike. Uh, had a great time. They're all working on stuff now. Uh. TJ, Scotty, we've heard, right? We've yeah. heard that he was going to <clears throat> maybe go to Hep Suzuki. Michael, it did sound like he rode the Suzuki. Do you know what happened with that? I was, I could be wrong, but I was told he tested the bike twice, actually. Okay. But from a pretty, what I would consider a pretty dang good source that should have known, I was told he rode the bike. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't personally ask, but eh, there was some comments made while I was around. I mean, I think the Kenny Vito thing's pretty true. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I, I, that's I, what think I the Kenny. Yeah. I mean, it even has to do with his riding situation right now. There's, there's some stuff, yeah. Again, there's things you, you can't quite take as a situation, but uh, I, I would lean towards the, the Kenny Vito thing is not completely wrong, I don't believe. So with a rider like Dylan, who can, I mean, really and truly, if the world was right, he could you know, almost ask a premium because of his, you know, his history, his abilities and all that kind of stuff. How does that work with a team like Phoenix? Do they bring in? He has no ability. No, he has no ability to ask for a premium right now because he doesn't have options. No, no, no. I'm saying if the world was right and there was options out there, he is a past champ. He should be able to, but so, but when he goes to a team like that, is it like, Hey, do what you can. I make bonus, or I, I know you may know more kind than you of, say, but how yeah. Does... And, and I'll, I'll guess I can touch a little bit. Like definitely, you know, they're, they're working on some, but like, yeah, he's very motivated to go racing. He's very motivated from the standpoint of, you know, at one point I heard something kicked around bonus, and there was a comment about, you know, he thinks he only deserves to be paid if he can finish top three. So I mean, you know, nothing else. So, um. Yeah, he's. I think he's very, very motivated. Wants to prove something. I think there's kind of end of. I don't know if I would say he's. Um, I wouldn't say he's. You know, like cocky about it. But there's an aspect of trying to prove to feel like you. It's you not forgotten about, but like, yeah. yeah, people are passing him up, and there hasn't been opportunity. Sucks. It's timing. A lot of people have asked like. I've had people, oh, why doesn't Dylan have a ride? Is it purely because of reputation? It's a combination of things. It's timing, really weird year where all your big deals that he would fit right. into were almost all already signed, had been in motion way before his deal. Weird that he picked a one-year deal, stay, you know, that you're coming in a star probably in retrospective 
I say retrospective. If it didn't work, it didn't work. Yeah. But he was out. It kind of got drug out late. There just was nobody's budget. The industry's tight right now. I know a few teams they went to, and even your base factor teams looked at as like, man, we can't even just field a third bike for you, which some people go, well, what the hell? Why can't a team just throw together a third bike? Even at Dylan's level, it's expensive between test bikes, race bikes, proper equipment. If you're going to do it right, if you're actually going to hire and put your best foot forward, I've had multiple factory 450 teams tell me that all the equipment to do this correctly at their level, um, be just mechanic and equipment, it would cost a team three to four hundred thousand dollars before you pay the guy's salary. Yeah, I was thinking at least two, you know. Yeah. So there's that. Um, some teams like how we have crew chiefs for each guy. Like there's just certain mm-hmm. situations where it's like, okay, that's hard. And then if you're let's say you are Kawiyama, the bonuses really aren't insured anymore. The insurance thing doesn't really work worth a crap. Like it's the system's been abused too much. You pretty much are paying them out of pocket, the OEMs do. So, I mean, Dylan honestly can go on streak. If you even take his outdoor results and add together with what a factor bonus is, let's say a team picks him up and goes, okay, we're just going to give you travel money, yeah. two grand, 2,500 bucks a weekend. So we're going to give you almost the whole season, 80 grand in travel, no salary, bonuses, and cover you know your equipment, your mechanic, et cetera. 400 grand to take him racing. Yeah. And then in bonuses, he can rack up a million dollars in bonuses really easy if he goes out and kills it. Before we're chan- I'm just talking about if he goes and wins a bunch of outdoor nationals and gets seconds and thirds all the time. I mean, okay, men's really high scale, 500 grand, 600 grand. So a, a team has to have a million, factor team has to have a million dollars in budget to take him racing as a third guy with no salary. And where do you stand? Do you think he's going to be able to rack up some money? Like on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, so. I'm I, a Dylan fan. I think he's so. so. I, I think work ethic's amazing. Yeah. I think talent on the bike is. Um, I think the chip on the shoulder aspect, like he really wants to prove something. I think he's in, where I was thinking, so I think he's in a very happy environment. Um, he's dangerous. He's, and he's driven. Yeah. He's very driven. I, you know, he could go, it could go any which way. I'm not predicting here. He's going to like stay. Oh yes. He's going to kill. But uh, we were, you know, it was kind of, even when drive mechanics, I was like, how, how could he do it? Like, dude, even on his bike, he can win a race. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, I don't think personally that he's, he's peaked in supercross on the oh, big no. bike yet. Like, I think he's, no. he's not even close to accomplish what he, he should have or could have done. So I'm interested to see if the, if the Honda is really going to find, he's going to find the answers that he was looking for. Cause it, I mean, him being frustrated with the bike was obviously a, a thing. So my, I guess my question to you is where do you, do you think he finds those answers in the Honda? I think in Supercross, yes. I think it's a little bit setup. I think it's a little bit environment. And this, I use the same thing when I talk about your your chase going to KTM situation. Everybody, um, I think we may have talked about this on a show one of the last times I was on. But take what happened a couple of years ago with Tomac, Anderson, and Malcolm all playing. You know, they all swapped each other's rides basically, yes. and all of them had issues with their outgoing position, <laughs> saying they won't work with me. This won't work. Blah blah blah. There's a certain thing about when a rider and a team are very motivated to make something work together. I say that with Chase KTM this year. Yeah, you can point fingers what happened with Webb and what the guy's been saying about the bike. But if the rider wants to make it work, the situation work, and the team wants to, at the end of the day, this Dylan, we can name off 10 dudes that can win a Supercross. We say that every year going into the season. It all comes down to the situation click and, you know, how are they mentally with it? Mm-hmm. Like. I, I think that's becoming more and more as, as the team and the equipment get better and all these training programs get better. The, I feel like the mental side just becomes bigger and bigger all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you know he's been on he's been on Yamaha so long that maybe you know it's kind of a trend Yamaha's now. Yamaha's the where, only thing he's raced in the states. Yeah, really. that's true. Yeah, so it might be just one of those things, kind of where when Tomac left Cowie, like you kind of mentioned, uh, I think it'd just be one of those things where he might have just needed something different, just a whole different vibe, and who knows? Yeah, there was a lot of tension with I think at Star Yamaha between him and the team by the end. There was just he wasn't getting what he wanted out of the bike, and he, again, yeah. he's very demanding. And, and listening to me wasn't. He made a few comments I can't repeat all, but he wasn't like he didn't bash on them in any way. He just kind of made kind of that sense of just like hey, it wasn't working anymore. Yeah, like just disagreements, things like that. Nothing. I didn't hear anything of that was what I would consider bashing or throwing anybody really under the bus or anything like that. Um, just comments I expect from somebody that just things weren't clicking anymore. Um, you know, but definitely listening to him very bum sounding. By the way, it it turned out. Um, but definitely not, you know, you know, some people probably picture and they're thinking, oh, he's probably over here saying, screw this guy, screw that guy, blah, blah, blah. No, none of that. Right. I didn't experience anything about that. And I was literally, I have every single time that guy pulled off the bike, I have everything he said on, on camera. Oh, wow. Um, yes, yeah, so- <laughs> I, I have a lot of shit on camera, but no, super. It was, it, like I said, even the team, just cause it, a, a perception gets given based on what you hear. And some of the mechanics, I mean, I've never met the guy. Right. And that was one of the things we left a bunch of guys like he's. That is not a couple of them we left are like, that's not what I expected. Like, that's not, you know, from what you hear, like, that's not what I expected to deal with today. Yeah. You, you were there video and, and we, we saw some of that video on Vital MX, but there was a lot more time him riding the bike than what you actually caught on film. Did it all look on film? Like we're using film anyway. Uh, did he look good the whole time or you, did you just use the uh, best footage? Yeah, you had? I thought the most, the most interesting thing I told all the guys was they're like, Oh, you know, I think there was a comment made about, how like what the deciding factor will be if he wants to try to move forward with the idea and because they threw together a bike it wasn't like super heavily modified or anything crazy and one of the guys said something about it and i was like you know he he comes in here knowing that he's been interested in trying the honda he's interested in working ziggy it's one of those things i I even compared to i remember hearing an interview and i can't remember if it's one we did or somebody but roxon was talking about doing the hep test you know, that Dustin had been bugging him and he did it more as a courtesy. He wasn't, he almost wasn't really considering it. I yep, think he was yep. more driven for the PC Cowie thing. Cause that was going to be the last bike he rode. And I think that's either that or firepower. I think more is where his head was at. And then he showed up and rode it and just certain things clicked and feels. And the bike he tested to the one he raced ended up being, you know, he changed it quite a bit. So it wasn't, they rode the bike and was like, Oh my God, like I'm going to go win a one on this. I remember him saying it was just something just like, he was enamored in it, just certain little, you know, tickle feelings come up. And so I told him, I'm like, within three, I said, no matter what's going on with bikes up, no matter how much he wants to change today, I bet you within three laps, he knows what he wants to do. And it's just going to be a feeling. It's either he's either going to ride for three laps and go, you know what? I want to make this work. Or he's going to ride for a couple laps. And he's going to know, mm, nah, that's done for me. Yeah. Yeah. And his first session out was like 10 laps. Oh, wow. So I mean, that alone. I was like, yeah, I think he's into the side. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that is, is it going to be a scenario where it's kind of like, Hey, like I, you know, I'm, I know what I'm talking about. This, this is how I'm going to want the bike and they're going to, and they're going to be able to kind of cater to everything he, he wants or is cause star was like, Hey, no, we have to run these certain things. I'm sure. I'm sure there was a, yeah. Yeah. Are they going to, are they kind of just like all in like, Hey, let's make Dylan as happy as we possibly can. Or like, what do you, what was your sense of the vibes? I think so because they're not, they don't have a, they've got good sponsors. They aren't, there's only a couple things I'd say they're like 
ultra married to. Um, particularly when I think of engine, has certain, there are certain things they're pretty open on. They don't have a lot of guaranteed locked in deals, so they can kind of move about. Um, Dylan is very precise with his feedback. L- a little picky on controls. Other stuff he wasn't, not like in a bad way where we come in. He, he had very precise feedback on what he thought. Like I said, watching him and Ziggy work here is really cool just because they've seemed to build a pretty good relationship a short amount of time and seem to be their communication is really good. Um, and then from what I've heard, the guy says he's just, you know, he's been testing more, riding more, and sounds pretty mellow so far, just like he's just putting in laps. So see as it goes. But yeah, I think they have a lot of freedom to move around and work things around for him. And even when you're on a program like that, it's interesting because Dylan coming in as a 450 guy, you know, the team contracts are written that way. Like there's even almost extra freedoms. Like there's kind of, you can almost get away with it, like an excuse where you can be like, Hey, this is he is on Facebook, but it's almost kind of its own program on top of that, so you can wiggle around. Like he's doing his own gear deals and stuff because nothing on the team was written for a 450 supercross guy. Oh, yeah. And funding wise, it was easiest, you know, he could get the most money by doing a lot of his own deals. Yeah, I was like kind of like what we saw with guy like how we used to see it, like Ico Honda back in the day, or even with Zanzo Honda, two fifty guys were all more locked in, four fifty was kind of its own thing. I was curious about the the gear thing with Moose and all that, so yeah, that wraps that up. <clears throat> all right, we're going to move on to another topic before we let you go. But first, I want to thank Race Tech. Uh, besides suspension, Race Tech does engines, and they're developing the best combination of porting, cam timing, mapping, and related components to build world class engines. Is a painstaking process. Race Tech has spent an impressive number of hours doing R and D on the flow bench, dyno, CNC, and at the track to create the Race Tech Power Plan. If you follow the Race Tech Power Plan and assemble the engine correctly. You can build an engine capable of competing with anything in the world. I will be at Race Tech starting Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, going to a suspension seminar that Checkers has been on here over the last couple of weeks. He's kind of talked to you guys about it a few times. So if you're interested in learning about suspension, check out racetech.com. Look up the seminars. I think this one's probably already sold out, but there will be more. I'm jealous. Coming up. You should be. Yeah. You should be jealous of me in all things. I don't know about that. But also check out racetech.com oh. to find your local service center. At least by the end of this, you'll know which way what a clicker does and which way you're it's, supposed to turn it. Uh, that you know, was going to be my thing. Is I, is he going to is is he going to be like the the least experienced guy working on suspension there? No, no. Well, so the whole theory of him doing this actually came up because Checkers has asked me multiple times this, and I've sat through a few days. the The problem I joke is I have enough suspension experience yeah. that the advanced class is really cool. The advanced class, like some of the food, I have, some of the stuff in there is really badass. Um, I've done to sit through, but the basic couple days, I almost can't write a good story about it because I think if some of the info is so general, it almost like I almost space that we're even talking about. And I really don't know what to write down because to me, it seems too base level, but uh, Jamie's not the only person who is there is, there are people that go to this class, you know, the school, really, the seminars that are going to try to be, that are suspension techs and want to learn more, or they want to become a suspension tech. And then there's even like some mini dads that go just because, hey, mm-hmm. I'm taking my kid racing every weekend. I need to know what to do. I need to learn how this stuff works. It's worth calling bucks. To, you know, if you're trying to get a competitive advantage, you spend all this money on the bikes. Why not go sit through a class that actually teaches you how everything works and why it does what it does so you know what you're adjusting. So, that was my pitch to checkers with Jamie. Do it. I think it'd make Jamie a better test rider. Yeah. He'd be able to speak better on the product on the show. And he would be the perfect person to speak on the entry level days. I'm and very, get a lot out of it. I, I didn't realize it's entry level. Yeah. I'm very interested <laughs> to see, days. to see what happens with him because I know 
and this is no knock on Jamie, but I know his lack of knowledge on this stuff. Like he's never pulled suspension apart, never changed shims, never done those things. I mean, I've looked at it, but yeah, I haven't. Really but you've had never my hands on actually it. done it before, yeah. and I think it'll be really cool to see if you come out of there like like it'll be if he'll pay attention and actually do the work of the deal and learn the stuff. It's going to be probably the, one of the best sales pitches ever for Race Tech. <laughs> Watch out, Gilly! I'm coming. Hey, is Bryson Neal up first, or is it Romano? Uh, Romano. I was going to say, funny one on Neil. I, well, actually, I don't know about Neil. So Neil's teammate um, at Phoenix on, on the Yamaha, the quad side, is Joel Hetrick, who's basically like the Carmichael freaking quads like yeah. on the motor ATV MX side. Yeah. Joel's so fucking fast. Joel also rides dirt bikes, and Joel is like the gnarliest dude on the face of earth on ATV on a motocross track, and he's uh, quite a bit better than you on a dirt bike, Jamie. That, so that, you might you might ask Neil he might also be better than you on a dirt bike. He probably is. You say that like I know that was like just meant to be an insult, but like it's not because how, no, I'm just, I'm just most people are better than me. Props. I'm giving quad guys. Joel Joel wouldn't remember it, but we used to build. I used to build his race motors when he was a kid on the mm. Honda nineties. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, before we well, let you go, we're gonna have uh, I think what was I bugged him. I think we'll have Joel on probably in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 see how this quad guy goes, and if he if he meets the standard of the Moto X Pod show, we can get oh. another. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what standard? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, before we let you go, we got to talk about World Supercross for a minute. Abu Dhabi, oh, no. first <laughs> oh, Supercross, no. World Arena with, Cross. I'm, I'm ho- uh, air quotes here. First Supercross in Abu Dhabi. Kind of a cool concept. My opinion didn't really work. Uh, it was one of the most boring. I don't know, ML guys. I like even watching the race. I didn't care. I just didn't care. It was not great, Scotty. What are your thoughts on Abu Dhabi? Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad to hear you say that, honestly, because I watched. I was like, we're, I know we're going to talk about it on the show, so I need to watch it. I, I tried to watch it at least twice, but like it was very hard to stay focused on it. It was. Yeah. It was like you said. It was. It was. But it was fun. I mean, it was. It was racing. So it was cool. I mean, it was cool seeing Kenny have to do something different with like the double start. So like that was unique. But yeah, it was. It was. It For was definitely part, interesting. It was, it, TJ thoughts. Um, I mean, without freeze, <laughs> freezy, however you want to say it, the event was a. And that was pretty much it, right? It was pointless. <laughs> well, okay. I, I don't understand. Like, I, okay, I haven't watched the other ones, so that's where I'm coming in. This is the first one I've watched. Really? And I no. And so I'm like, because it doesn't interest me at all watching like, uh, wow, like a B level. It seems like uh, Supercross overseas. I mean, it's like, and I don't know how to feel about that. But go ahead, continue. But, we don't have enough time to get into all that well, right I'm now. Like, but, so. I guarantee you, I represent ninety percent of the people, motocross fans. Most people probably do not watch this. Like, this is like a. This is like a uh, deep in the sport kind of deal to watch these things. I, okay. I guarantee you, if you go if any group message that we have, maybe one person in the group message. Did you think it was any good? Mm, I don't know what they were going for, but if that's what they're going for, then no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, ML. What were your thoughts uh, on Abu Dhabi? What stood out? There were some changes. We had different announcers. We had a little bit of a format change. I mean, like they were trying some things, and I know you've talked. Uh, to some some of the powers that be Format's weird. at World Supercross, but yeah, um, yeah, I still think Mark is. I I'm actually a fan of them going Abu Dhabi. Me and Luce have discussed this like quite a bit. I think the biggest win for them at this point is to go to odd locations. I think you know a race in Brazil, a race in Abu Dhabi. I think race in Japan, like stuff like that. At this point, 
uh, in the NHL, that is instant win. Like trying to compare themselves in race in France and Germany, America is tough because there's an instant comparison. Yep. No, on one hand, I, I would be okay with the smaller track like US Open. I do know talk to some of the track building crew. They had a huge amount of issues with equipment. Like they basically only had one working skid steer and a mini X that caught on fire. So they were having a very hard time building the track. Everything that got brought to them kept breaking. So very hard time building the track. So I give, I'm bummed at what the track was, but having talked to one of the guys literally was trying to build whoops with a shovel. I give them a pass for like making the best of a really bad situation. Um, the racing. Yeah. Mech, the track and still splitting the fields kind of weird. The Vince thing, oh my god, again. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, okay, so first off, I'm actually okay with the pass on Dean. Dean left the inside wide open. TJ's I mean, excited because he, he said that before we went on air. He agrees. Yeah. The only thing I laughed, though, is that, you know, basically Vince was a little bit off, a little bit slower, so he's roadblocking for two laps, and you finally pass him, and then you just get killed. So as a, as a total situation, that sucks. You're like, great, you finally pass this dude, and all you do is get murdered for right, it. Right, right. But then... So Vince is saying everybody's whiny and, you know, you just got to be aggressive. We're here racing for money. So it's okay. If Vince is going to pump people, let's punt him. Then you punt him and he just cuts, he just cuts, cuts the track. <laughs> yeah. So how are you supposed to win? Yeah. If you follow the guy around, each cross jumps you. If you pass him, he kills you uh, and he's slower than you. But then if you move him, he just cuts the track anyways. And uh, it's yeah, this one's so fresh. <laughs> this one's so frustrating because you probably heard I actually really like Vince as a person. I love talking to him when I see him. I don't know what happens when he puts a helmet yeah, on. Yeah, he's very different. Well, I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. And again, I've had. I know some people are close to me. Like, oh, what? Some of the stuff he did this week was that bad. I'm like, yeah, but it's. There's a reason why literally every rider and team lost it because it's over ten years of this. It, it tires straight. Like you don't just get a pass every year when things reset. All the past stuff he's done is added up in people's heads where they just don't want to deal with him anymore. Well, I watched the race and I didn't notice any of the cross jumping, and I'd heard about it, you know, because I watched so, the race afterwards. So it didn't didn't stand out, and none of the block passing. I mean, that actually, I guess, because of being an old school arena cross fan, that didn't bother me. Him cutting the track, he should have got penalized he for did. that. I, what I'm saying, but he should not. I don't know if he did get penalized for like some of the aggressive passing back and blocking just cutting the track. Well then, yeah, because he got, no, he got two penalties. One was for dangerous riding. So I don't know what that was to create off of. I don't think it was from the Dean incident. Yeah. I know. I know Savachi made a comment that if he didn't check up at a corner, he's pretty sure he would have died Yeah, at one point during the race. But I think enough of the riders went to him and all said they had, I, I don't think it was more one incident with the bank. I think it's the fact that Kenny and Joey, like everybody wins said something like, Hey, there were so many moments where I had to cover, we all be dead. Yeah. So I think that's why they had up dangerous riding. And then the one was for cutting the track, they which that one made me giggle. And his whole thing he tried to pitch was, well, I was ahead of Joey when he bumped me off. Again, if you're going to ride as a roadblock and you're going to ride defensive and you get punted, uh, I, that one just blew my mind because yeah. I was like, okay, you're going to punt at, you're going to punt people because they got past you and that's your way of passing them back. But then if you get punted, you're just going to cut the track. Like, so <laughs> yeah. there's no win or lose with like, literally right. what are you supposed to do? He just hold, because he whole shot, you just, he gets to do whatever. And that's just, the, I, that one had me baffled. They need to slip him a couple of hundred dollars extra because I guarantee you, they got more views on this race because of him than the actual racing. So, I mean, they need to, they need to on the side, pay him a, just a show up fee. <laughs> well, that's true, that's true. Well, they they were building him as like the villain you yeah. know like oh. they were advertising mm-hmm. as that and then also that track i mean 
that's kind of the perfect scenario for Vince to Vince at. I mean, yeah. it's a tight track. He was getting a good start, and then like, well, what do you? What it gets a tight track? Well, I mean, it's gonna yeah. they're gonna be some rubbing. And and I guess our one is like I do respect Vince from the fact that he is a grassroots guy, continues to get good starts, runs with the guy, does not lay over. I think it's just like I said, it's it'd be one thing. It'd be one thing if he was an aggressive block presser. It'd be one thing if it's it's like the combination added together. Especially again, him saying that the guys are whining, which I get it to his perspective, it probably is, but they're all sick of your shit. And then no matter what they did, they were fucked. If they passed you, you took them out. If yeah, they yeah, exactly. pushed you out of the way, you cut the track. So I could get why every rider was probably just like, what are we supposed to do? What do we do with him? There is no win. Uh, well, I did like the, my favorite thing about the whole event, honestly, was Paul Malin announcing. Yes. I, and here's how I feel bad. I have nothing personally against ralph and jeff i am very glad they're out of the booth i thought they were terrible at some of the other rounds they did i'm very happy to have different announcers i'm I just with think you paul's, on that. paul's one of the best if it may be even the best like i always i love daniel blair and i love weeds but so paul's just sorry paul, dude. i don't know what it is but paul can carry a race i mean he's had to do so himself. much GPs by himself and then, you know, GL's got great isms and great insights. I yeah. think GL, somebody's willing to throw, like, an exact opinion on how something went down. I think, you know, I've never thought of them as a combo, but I think for the series, it's a good one. I think the two of them doing it together, that's a good direction going really forward. Good. I, I'm good with it. It gives me at least, I, I gotta say, if you're trying to get me to tune in, yeah, Mullen and GL gives me, like I said, I hear Ralph and Jeff, and that's almost a reason for me not to tune in, because I listen to it forever. I feel like <laughs> At one point they were good. At one point they were, and it's tapered off, and I'm just I'm yeah I'm jaded on it. Where you told me GL Mall are doing, I'm like, you know what? I can listen to them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. interesting. Well, before we let you go, speaking of announcers, we got to address uh, the legend Art Ekman passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace, rest in peace, Art Ekman. Yeah, just give me your quick thoughts on Art, and you know, through the '90s and, and 2000s, he was the voice of Supercross, really. He was, and what cracks me up is I remember being, how old have I been, like six, seven years old, playing like the the original EA Supercrosses Mm -hmm. on Nintendo 64, and they have him as the voiceover in it. And there's just so many times I remember like doing just all of his little, like they has had all of his famous sayings in there when you would block, when you would pass somebody in something like not, not doing it wrong. Like, I guess it's the age thing. Like, yes, I remember a lot of his famous quotes from the racing, but it's really funny. The thing that stands out the most to me is hearing all of his famous quotes. Yeah in video game because i would That's just play funny. that game for endless hours i got i never yeah. got so to play that, that one so that was i was, uh, that, yeah. I was like a young adult at that 90, point I was, like yeah. 98 99 yeah. EA supercross or something like that Hernando 64 yeah he's uh yeah That's awesome i wore that thing out yeah i never played that yeah. ever that's cool well ML, we're gonna let you go thanks for your time um had a couple more things i was gonna ask you about but we'll we'll get to them but uh yeah thanks for your time and keep us updated well at, go to vital mx for all the updates on <laughs> Dylan Ferrandez, everything else we post. And speaking of World Supercross, we were the only media there. Lewis Phillips was there. And there is about an hour and 15-minute post-race podcast with interviews where you can get pretty much all the riders' thoughts. It's pretty universal what the thoughts were. But <laughs> it's there. On the on the Vital MX YouTube, or, uh, podcast feed, go, go follow it if you don't already subscribe and check it out. But thanks, Emil. See ya. All right, see ya. That's Michael Lindsay from Vital MX. Appreciate him coming on. I'm going to work on getting Nick Romano on. While I'm doing that, I want to give a shout-out, and you guys can give your thoughts. If you're watching on YouTube, you see all the Tim Tams sitting on the table. TJ's already eaten an entire sleeve of them tonight, but that's our buddy Moose. 
His uh, Peter Cowards, his real name from uh, Australia. He hooks us up with Tim Tams all the time. He hooks me up. I'm just nice enough to pass him along, and yeah. we steal him from. Him. I was nice enough to allow you to, but uh, yeah. What do you think? Talk about him. You, Dude, were, you was, were raving about him a little while ago. It was funny. He ate a whole sleeve of them. Yeah, no, I and didn't. then and then you I one. and then I ate one of them. Yeah, so and I, then at the all the the chat only the chat saw me eating eating them, not him eating like five. Oh of them. yeah, you guys are eating on air. Yeah. Well, I don't know what his problem is over there. Yeah, but. that was that was, <laughs> was pressured, man. That was peer pressure. Peer pressure. They're good. Yeah. I I like to refrigerate mine. That's the only way to eat them, in my opinion. But, the and also he's the the chocolate bars. Yeah, here in America we don't get the real. Oh, those are the Cadbury. He we don't get Cadbury. the real Cadbury. Yeah, that that stuff is made with milk with actual milk over there. And here it's <laughs> we're made talking with about sugar. chocolate on the motocross podcast. Oh, but yeah, I don't care. I don't. Know, Moose hooks us up all the time, and I, I get packages two I, or three times a year. Just a huge box of these Tim Tams. I owe him a hug. I'm telling you, this is delicious. <laughs> well, we're gonna move on to our, our first guest of the night, which is gonna be brought to you tonight by WUSA. W is your source for all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Stewart, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just to name a few, we have what you need. We have the exclusive W Edge wheel set starting at $799. So visit WUSA and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Tonight, WUSA brings us from Star Racing Yamaha, Mr. Nick Romano. What's up, Nick? What's going on, guys? Not much. Good to hear from you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, last time you raced a professional race was 2022 at Unadilla. That's a long time, man. How are you feeling? Are you jonesing to get back out there? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long time. Uh, pretty quiet for me since then. Um, few injuries, um, some some long uh, healing injuries. So. Uh, yeah, fortunate, unfortunately, 2023 is pretty quiet for me, but um, yeah, I'm all ready to go now and excited to get back racing. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so you, you mentioned the injuries, and that's part of it, but we talk a lot on the show, and you know, it's been being brought up a lot more in the last few years, just the mental side of the sport, and not racing at your level, but watching all your teammates and all your competitors out there racing, that has to mess with you a little bit, and I assume you want to get out probably sooner than you're ready to. You're actually physically ready to. How do you deal with that? Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. You know, like I said, with the whole missing, you know, this, you know, 2023 season, like I had a grade three separation in my shoulder first week of January and then uh, took three weeks off the bike. And then within a week and a half, I completely did my knee. So that was, you know, surgery needed in six months off the bike. So it was definitely tough for me. And then obviously I was set to race East Coast this year. And, um, yeah, literally when the first round started, I was posted up in the hospital getting surgery. So it was, it was tough at first, those first few rounds, I'm not going to lie, but, um, you know, I kind of got over it quick and, uh, you know, that's what I was dealt with. So, um, you know, I just got to focus ahead at that point, but no, it was tough for sure. Uh, can't argue that. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So when you, like you had that long of a break from racing, how do you, do you have in your plans this off season to do some practice races? Is there any kind of opportunities that you're going to be able to go get some gate drops and some real race scenarios or is it just going to have to be kind of blind when you go into it? Yeah. Um, a few crossed my mind for sure, but, um, you know, from what it's looking like and what I want to do is I kind of just want to, uh, focus on myself right now and, you know, put in the reps and the laps, the practice track. And, um, you know, just, I mean, 
I'm, you know, like I'm a rookie. I've never raced a supercross. So, you know, I'm not going to know what to expect for supercross either way. Um, so, you know, I'll just be heading there kind of full blindside, um, hoping to learn and stuff like that. And then, you know, going into outdoors, I've done, done a few, I think I did seven in, uh, 2022 before I had a thumb injury. So, uh, yeah, not really, not really anything on my mind right now for <laughs> racing, but, um, yeah, for now it's just getting to the, uh, you know, next year, supercross healthy and ready to go. Well, you know, at, I mean, at Star, you kind of basically get that. So you're, yeah, you're yeah. already riding with everybody. So I'm sure that kind of alleviates <laughs> some of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's definitely, uh, some chaos in there for <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I want to stick on with the middle side of what I asked you a minute ago, uh, just for a second. You came out of the B class in 21, uh, with a win at Loretta's in the 250 B class. And your closest competitors were guys like Gavin Towers, who, hasn't really raced a professional supercross yet. And then uh, Bose Fluke, who hasn't raced a professional supercross. And then of course, Talon Hawkins, who has for a couple for a, a year or two. Um, and I wonder if that affects you at all that like, if, if your whole class had already been racing a year or two, you'd probably feel like you're really behind the eight ball. But since you're still what, 18 years old and you're still, you still really ha- haven't missed anything. It feels like. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, that, it, it's, it's crazy to talk about and think about for sure. Like being that I'm only 18 and you know, I'm not really behind the eight ball at all. You know, like, um, most 18 year olds are, you know, still amateur racing for the most part. Um, but yeah, like that B class in 21, I went five or six at Loretta's and yeah, like you said, I raced all those guys that are mostly still amateur, maybe, you know, some guys that are just rookies or stuff like that. And then I think the eight class that year was like, Levi Kitchen and <laughs> yeah. um, I know I know he mopped up that year. I can't really remember too correctly, but um, but yeah, no, it's definitely crazy to say and think about that. That I'm not really behind the eight ball at all, even though um, you know I could have raced all this year, but um, you know that's in the past now, and we're just focusing on the future. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yes, I'm just still talking about because because you're coming into the pros. There was a lot of guys you raced coming in like b class like leblanc one of the the um people in the message here brought chat that room the chat room brought that up with, with leblanc he's gone he's done he's quit yep. um what what do you think the difference is like do you have people around you that are like like helping you to stay focused like family or whatever as far as when you're dealing with injuries like this or things aren't going how you plan them yeah no that's another tough thing too i mean seeing where uh what road matt went down and um you know like another good buddy of mine jared fry and and stuff like that that both had you know the rods of their life and what everyone kind of dreamed of having but um yeah no definitely having you know my uh mom and dad they're they're big um into helping me and just having close friends and good family and a really good team and um a strong mental i'd say for myself um like you said you know things really haven't gone the, the plan the last year and a half or or whatever it's been you know i barely i haven't really raced um and you know it's definitely hard sitting on the couch injury after injury and and watching that time kind of just go by but um yeah no definitely um definitely tough like i said but you know everyone's got a different path and uh that's just kind of what i'm dealt with so um like i said i'm just looking looking ahead right now looking to be better than i was yesterday and um you know as long as i'm focusing on the right things i'm uh I'm confident in, in, you know, doing, in doing great things. 
how is the knee feeling? That's a big one. Uh, it takes a lot of time to come back from that and be confident and feel strong. How does it feel? Yeah, it actually uh, it feels really good now. I dealt with some issues with it uh, early on. And honestly, up until I got on the bike, um, it was kind of crazy how, how it happened. Like I was dealing with some issues, like I said, and, you know, I was at the four month mark and then that five month mark and then that six month mark. And I was just like, is this thing ever going to get better? And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was at that time where like my doctor was like, look, you're ready to ride, you know, like it, it's up to you at this point. And I was like, you know, screw it. Let's start on some turn track. And then I, uh, got on the turn track and I, it, it started getting better when I started riding, you know, I don't know what it, what it was or just, I was happy back on the bike, but, um, but yeah, no, it definitely got better. And then obviously it's been a few months since then. So, um, definitely better and better and it's, strong as it's been yet so there's been no problems with that so far good good to hear yeah it's 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 cool to hear you say that because in this sport it's big to be able to take a positive out of a negative situation like that were you able to do you think that it's made you stronger in the long run and that maybe you know have you ever had that long of a gap in your in your racing before have you kind of been able to step back and say oh i need i saw this and this is going to help me in my career yeah no definitely like six months off the bike with my knee injury was the longest i've ever ever been off a dirt bike since i started so that was pretty crazy at first and uh you know i was kind of stressing a little bit at first like you know am i gonna come back who i was or, or whatnot but dude after a few weeks on the bike i was right back to where i was and um yeah safe to say i, I worked on a lot of things that i needed to do um you know technically and just on the bike and you know just all around really that helped me a lot and i um yeah i've been really riding the bike probably the best i ever have technically at least i feel and you know from what people around me are saying and seeing so um yeah like i said it's kind of took a few steps back but then once i got back i took even more forward so um no i'm happy with with everything so far since i've been back yeah Tell, tell us you did something better with your time off than sit around and play video games. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, I didn't even play video games. I I did absolutely nothing but sit on my phone and uh, did a little bit of traveling um, once I could, like, walk and stuff. Because I was Fishing? on credit for a month. But, yeah, like, I mean, when I mean travel, I mean going to, going to some supercrosses and outdoors. But, yeah, uh, but, yeah no, I really didn't do much at all so it was it was a pretty boring uh time <laughs> of my life for sure <laughs> you're, supposed, you're supposed to take that time yeah. and go fishing and go just do do fun stuff maybe go like he was snapchatting probably snapchatting that, that, that's chicks. the phone that's yeah. what exactly yeah. what he was doing i know for i yeah. know for a fact he was on snapchat one night because uh <laughs> i was with somebody he was snapchatting with i was like hey yeah we, we won't get into that too much but no yeah uh, but yeah, yeah no i mean i'm from i'm from new york city so sure. i don't know I don't know much, uh, but much about fishing or, or stuff like that. I'm, uh, it's either all or nothing. City boy. So at that time, it was nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, you mentioned a couple a couple times just in your, when you were talking a minute ago about working on some technical things and how you've improved on that. I want you to be more specific because coming out of the amateurs as a one of the top amateur riders, usually your competition level is one or two guys, and then everybody else, it drops off pretty pretty significantly and you probably feel like oh i'm one of the best riders on the planet then you get into a place like star where you're riding with legitimately some of the best riders on the planet you start going oh there's these minuscule things that i need to get better at 
So what are a couple of those things that you've been working on and have improved? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, just, uh, just kind of reteaching myself like the, the basics, you know, like balls at my feet and, you know, right positioning with your body, your back, your elbows, your head, you know, setting up turns. It's, it's really just little stuff that you forget when you're, you know, in the middle of the week racing, just, you know, you're going through everything so quick. So, you know, like I said, when I first got back, I was just really taking my time and, doing what i needed to do to to you know improve my riding and racing and you know i mean you guys know like just watching jet you know for say like he's been doing stuff on the dirt bike that's that's insane you know like people really weren't even doing or thinking of and you know now everyone's starting to catch on so um you know that's where the sports technically and um yeah like i said just trying to work on it myself and when you're at the track with star and working on those things how many people do you have there that are actually kind of pointing out, hey, like you should work on this? I know Jeannie Carmichael's there sometimes. Of course, you've got Swanee that helps you guys out, your mechanic, et cetera. Are there a couple people or a lot of people that all kind of give you some input? Um, yes and no. I mean, most of it's myself. Okay. Um, my, my dad, when he's there, um, when he can get down. And then, uh, you know, obviously my trainer goes to Swanepoel. Um, and then, you know, you know, my mechanic will, you know, say something here and there if, if something's looking sloppy. But for the most part, it's really just, you know, a small group of people. Gotcha. Okay. You said that something interesting that I thought was funny because yesterday I was out riding pit bikes and I was feeling the flow on my pit bike. <laughs> oh and I was God. thinking of, I was thinking like, man, I, I felt like, you know, like one of the top riders, like Jet or whatever. And he's, I'm standing up, feet on the pegs, and I'm railing these sand corners on the pit bike. But for you, how do you, as a rider, when you see somebody doing something that is, and I'm going to put air quotes up, different or a different style, do you, like, go to your trainer and be like, make me do that? Or, like, how does that work? Um. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, it depends what, what it was or what it is. But, you know, most of the time if I see something, um, it's pretty easy for me to, to, to do or replicate. Um, if it's something I need to work on or I can't do right away, um, you know, after motos or whatever, I'll go work on it myself or with, with my trainer or with my dad or, you know, you know, something along those lines. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty, pretty well skilled that I can do something, uh, you know, pretty, pretty fast, but, um, but yeah, it, it all depends on what it is. Y- y'all watch a video? Like of, of after y'all get through training and whatnot, yeah. If that needs to be done, watch some film back. Um, but yeah, not not nothing crazy for yeah. the most part. Well, sticking with that, you mentioned a minute ago, kind of watching Jet Lawrence, and I interviewed Cameron McAdoo earlier today for something, and he mentioned while he was injured, watching and kind of seeing what Jet's doing. But implementing some of the things he is doing is not as easy as just watching it. Now you just said you're you can learn those things pretty quickly, but I also think that's like a you have to rethink. Not only physically how you ride, but mentally how you ride, and like, oh, see the track completely different, or or maybe it's not that difficult. Yeah, no, I, de- I, I definitely think everyone's different. Um, you know, doing it's not so easy. You know, you can't just do it right <laughs> off the rip with some things, but um, yeah, no, Jet makes it look so easy and effortless. Where it's kind of like, all right, well, if he can do that, then I can do that. You know what I mean? So, yep. um, yeah, just just stuff like that. I can like relate to that because I, I was at Millville a few weeks ago for the Pulp Mix Ride Day, and I was watching like Aiden Kiefer and Damon Bradshaw and RV for a minute. They were doing this little – there was a hump, like a breaking bump at the top of the hill after the Chattapult, 
and they were jumping yep. up to the top and over the top. And I was like, well, that looks really easy. So then I yeah. went up that hill, <laughs> and that bump was so little, I don't know how they even got any air off of it, let alone... Momentum. Like, it just didn't make any sense. So, yeah, I watched it, and I could not implement it. Just, it was impossible. Yeah, a lot more momentum than you had going. Oh, yeah, well, it's also talent. Yeah. I have none. Yeah. They have a lot. Nah, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I get stuff. Yeah, what... I was okay with RV doing it, but like watching Aiden do it so effortlessly, that kind of pissed me off. Nick, have you have you had the chance to ride with like I'm been on the track at the same time as like Cooper? I don't know if Eli's been over there or not, but uh, who who's kind of stood out to you riding at the practice track? Yeah, no, I have. Um, yeah, Eli hasn't been there, um, but everyone, everyone but or everyone but Eli. But yeah, not Coops. Uh, it's been good having him there. Um, uh, you know, Dylan's gone, so he does some some things differently than others that you can take and not take away. But um, yeah, no, we're all we're all pretty close. I mean, it's hard when you're riding with everyone to kind of see what everyone's doing unless you're doing like sections or something after the day. But um, but yeah, no, definitely someone new like Coop, who's who knows a lot. I know on and off the dirt bike and technically and just little stuff like he's so good at jumping whoops and you know, cutting down in the turns, as you guys know. So um, he's definitely good to watch and obviously a great buddy of mine. So I can kind of pick his brain here and there if I want to. But, um, but yeah, no, besides that, everyone's uh, same old, you know, for me or to me since I've been around the star, you know, facility and compound for a decent amount now. Nick, how are you as a tester when you go out on the track and how has that developed since, you know, for the last, over the last couple of years as a, at star, do you feel, can you feel the little changes? Like if they do something that you're not even aware of, do you notice it? Can you, and can you give feedback and say, this is what I need? Yeah, no, I'm pretty, uh, I'd like to think I'm pretty good at testing. I mean, I can tell a difference between one shot click and, you know, one four click or whatever, um, one mil on the, on the four kite or Jeez. stuff like that. I'm, uh, I'm pretty picky when it comes to that, but, uh, I also think it's a good thing, you know, for testing and, and feel, cause I'm a big feel guy when it comes to riding and testing where, I know other guys that, you know, you could go six clicks and they'd be like, yeah, that's the same, you know? So, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely have learned a lot over the years just from, you know, I've been on the team for, I'm going into my fifth year, you know? So I've seen Colt win his championship and Shane battle for his two back then and Christian win his championship and Justin and, and uh, even Eli on the 450 side and even Dylan back on his 250 days. So I've seen a lot um, the past few years and, uh, definitely, you know, I kind of like to stay late and if someone's testing a ride and go see and kind of, you know, hear, hear what everyone's talking about and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, no, I definitely do like to think I'm a pretty good tester and, and stuff like that. Yeah. That'll help you in the, in the, as your career progresses, uh, tonight, Nick Romano brought to you by WUSA, visit WUSA.com. Use that promo code MotoXPod show. Uh, Nick. So with all that being said, where do you. Where do you feel like you fit in going into the Supercross season and is championship, I mean, obviously championship's a goal, but is that is that something that you're re- realistically telling yourself every day that like, hey, championship, championship, is that is that the vibe? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, you got to kind of face reality and being a rookie going into Supercross, like, you know, I've raced in a stadium one time back in 2020 at A1 Futures um, and that was it. So like, I really don't know. I don't really know what it's like to ride a track with tough blocks and, you know, stuff like that. And, 
you know, learning a track on race day. It's just little stuff that adds up, but you know, I'm just looking to learn. And, and the biggest thing is just be there every weekend. If I can be there every weekend, um, you know, you're, you're more than likely going to get better and better as it goes. And, um, yeah, I know if I could just ride like I know how to ride and, you know, get the starts that I know how to do and, you know, crack that top 10 and, you know, two more spots, two more spots and you know, you know, it's a top five podium or, you know, whatever the case is, stuff like that. So, um, I'm just looking to have fun and do the best that I can and learn as much as I can, um, weekend by weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's funny to hear you guys, uh, you know, we've had multiple guys in your, that's your situation or rookie year and they go and it's, it's, there to learn and they have to try to grow themselves but it's so f- interesting to hear you guys say that because your amateur career all you've ever done is like hey when i show up to this track or this race like i have to win this race because there's i'm the i've, I've got to be the fastest guy because that's where i'm at and it's yeah. it's interesting to see you guys make that that transition into okay now i have to be uh put my goals in one and step in front of the other and be uh, more mature and like just learn yeah no definitely i mean you kind of got to grow up quick in a way like you know like you said with amateur races you kind of have those four or five six big races that you go to every year you know the track you know your few guys that you're racing and so on and so forth where it's kind of just like from lap one of practice it's it's wide open and stuff like that but um that doesn't really work um as a as a pro racer i feel like maybe it does for some but um yeah like like you said i mean you're showing up like an outdoor say i mean you got 20 you know 18 20 factory guys that are that are you know fast so um yeah it's just a different approach for sure but it uh definitely makes you uh grow up and yeah just really grow up quick (laughs) yeah it's it's super cross i think the difference between like 30th fastest during qualifying and like the, the top qualifier is like sometimes less than a second yeah no it's crazy it's uh it's definitely crazy and then you know you start getting in that top five top ten within like practice times and then you know it's a tenth here two tenths there and you know you got to hit you got to hit this downside a little bit better and it's just it's crazy stuff you know? yeah it's funny you mentioned like uh the top 18 or when there's 18 factory riders well eight of them maybe more than that even are on <laughs> star yeah, you're used yeah, to them. are your teammates <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy yeah. how many guys are on that team, uh, especially with the addition of Enzo. It's yeah, it's going to be something else this season. Um, and, and Scotty kind of asked you about this a minute ago, but I, I would think yes, yeah, you you know you you have to think championship a little bit. That's that's part you want to go in. Winning yeah. is important. Podiums are important, but overall, the most important thing in my mind for you is finishing the complete season. Let's do every round, like you said, every round of nationals, and get that. Uh, experience. I think that's goal number one. Even like podiums to me feel secondary right now. Like experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like obviously, like I said, everyone has different expectations yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, I'll have my my book of goals and, um, you know, wherever I end up, I end up. But I'm definitely going to have expectations for myself. Sure. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited. Yeah. What What is you know doing your first full circuit in indoor racing what is your biggest thing that excites you the most when you when you know you wake up and you're you're achieving that one goal what is it that you excite you the most about racing indoors man i feel like there's there's a lot of things i can say um i i don't know i mean you know watching opening ceremonies will be a cool experience and 
know, when the lights go on and, you know, crowds are going crazy, just, I don't know, stuff like that, um, will be cool. And, um, you know, if I, if I cross that finish line first and the fire, you know, burning your neck and I don't know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff, you know, I can go on and on, but, um, I'll just say those for now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you out there, man. I think we've been waiting, you know, uh, uh, the fans, the media, we've been waiting to see your debut and I can't wait. So um, yeah, stay healthy. Appreciate you coming on. I'm going to wrap this thing up with a personality question for you. All right. All right. Hit me with it. Okay. <laughs> if you had to lose one of your senses, which one would you lose and why? Huh? Yeah. Senses. Common sense yeah. doesn't count as no well. common doesn't. I, I, like, I, my, mine is smell. <laughs> I I'm going to lose smell. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I might call me common sense. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably go smell. I feel like that's not really that important, is it? I mean, I think it yeah. is in some things. Like it, it helps with like some memories and things like that. And it, you know, but I think overall, <laughs> I'd rather keep. I'd rather have my eyesight and my hearing. And what touch all that? So yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah, I think it's too easy of a question. Maybe ta- maybe taste, but oh, dude, I see. like food way too much. Yeah, yeah see, I, you say it's too easy, TJ, but you don't care about taste. Yeah, you eat the up. shittiest, cheapest food because you care about money more than you care about taste. That's true, I would get rid of taste. So see, yeah, see, it isn't that he'll, is it? he'll probably eat like four boxes of these Tim Tams on the well, way home t- and call it his dinner. Nick, have yeah. you ever had a Tim Tam? Uh, yeah, I have. Dude. We have, I I can't tell you. There's probably a hundred packages in my house right now, thanks to (laughs) one of our listeners. Give or take. Uh, Feel free to send some over to me. (laughs) Well, if there's any left, I'll bring some to Anaheim. There there will not. If you're at Anaheim. There will not. Do you know what coast you're riding yet? Have they talked about that yet? Smooth. No, I have yeah. no idea. (laughs) Well, once we figure it out, we'll we'll get you some Tim Tams. We'll bring you a package, but we won't tell Swanee. Yeah, perfect. All right, Nick. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Good luck. Be safe, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on again later. Yes, sir. Nick Romano. That was a good interview, man. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's been a little while since we talked to him. Yeah, I knew he was buddies with LeBlanc, and I couldn't couldn't remember if he actually raced with him. That's what I was going back into the vault. But they were both in B-class together, and then LeBlanc moved up his last year of B-class. Speaking of it, so is he? Is is LeBlanc like? Is he pretty much? No, he's just, way done. Like like yeah. Mitch. Out. Mitch called him last year to see if he wanted to fill in ride. And LeBlanc he's just over it. Yeah, he's he over. He on? was over it. We I interviewed him at Swan at the Pro Challenge two the year the year he quit was yeah. that twenty one. That'd be twenty maybe maybe they, was it that long ago? Maybe. That would have been COVID. No, it'd be twenty one. Maybe it was. 21. I think it was going into twenty one maybe because yeah. I feel like it was at least two Pro Challenges ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll get Bryson Neal on a uh, in a minute. Yeah. So. Again, thanks to for, to the Tim Tams. You got to ride this weekend. Oh. We both rode at Swan. Yes, Saturday. I, I, I felt good. Yeah, you were looking good. Just uh, yeah, how'd you feel out there? It's, you, you decided to finally come out and ride because you're in town, and you, yeah. you actually did two basically 15 minute practices. practices. Yeah, and I felt and I felt pretty good. I knew I was going to ride on Sunday, and I didn't want to smoke myself because I hadn't been on my big bike in a long time. And so I just kind of went out and rode the practices, and then we raced the night race in the pit bike class. Yeah, how'd that go? Because I left. Um, I did. I did. I got third. I got. I went three three for a third, and out of three people. No, there was like I think there was like eight or nine people. Oh, okay. The big the pit bike classes are doing pretty good right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I had fun, and then but yeah, we got to go to Billa Dilla. Yeah, which which it, nobody knows about this track because it's like a private invite only kind of place to ride and here in East Texas. Yeah, the first time I went out there which was 
I guess a year ago, year and a half ago, maybe it was raining the day before, and the guy has lots of money, like more money than he. Well, yeah, he donates. All the money he makes, he donates to some. And it's sixty bucks to ride there. A hundred dollars. Oh, it was a hundred. So it was a hundred. It was a hundred bucks to ride. But the first time I went out there, it was. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was raining, and he had all the jumps tarped, like white tarps (laughs) covering all the jumps. Yeah, he's got a full like track crew. He's got a full track crew. It's it is, and so you can rent the track for the weekend. It's like four thousand dollars to rent it for the weekend. Yeah, and that's what some guys had rented it, and then he allowed. Um, our buddy JT to bring some buddies out. So we had five guys with us. And right. I mean, he made 500 bucks. Places you know? ama- yeah, he donates that all to charity. But yeah, the place yeah. is amazing. It's a place oh. I've talked about it before because last time I was there, I almost hit a deer because I had a deer running. Because hey, it's a high fence. Yeah, you see my GoPro, yep. I think. Of it. He's like, no, there's no deer out here. And I'm like, no, dude, I'll show you the GoPro. It was a deer. I missed yeah. it by like six feet. Yeah, it's all high fenced and stuff like yeah. that. All right, we got our next guest on the line. So let's get to Guts Racing. We'll be bringing us our next guest. Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing crew have been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they've added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup as well as the color teal to the gripper material options available. Also new for the 23 are options for your e-bikes. They have complete seats for the Talari and the Super 73 and covers for the Segway and Suron. And they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. Visit GutsRacing.com today. Get yourself a seat cover. Get some new foam. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us from Phoenix Racing and an ex-brand athlete, Mr. Bryson Neal. What's up, Bryson? Hey, man. How you doing? Doing good. You are the first quad racer to ever be invited onto the Moto X Pod show. No pressure. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate it, man. It's definitely cool. And uh, we, we got a lot more in common than people realize, I think. Yeah, you know, and I'll be honest, man. I'm going to be up front. Like, TJ, my co-host, is in here. He used to race quads, and we make fun of him all the time for racing quads. <laughs> um, you know, we're moto guys. We make fun sometimes of quad riders. But, dude, you're a bad dude. You're a two-time, I, I believe only two-time. I might not even have your history right. GNCC, ATV, XC1 champion. You're a bad dude on a four-wheeler, man, uh, or ATV. Uh, I appreciate it, man. It's, uh, it's a lot of work. You know, it, just like any any level of racing, trying to be the, the best at it, it's it's super hard, dude. It's a lot of work. And uh, my situation, I'm a little bit my own mechanic, so I'm a little bit of a hybrid. So okay. um, that adds to the workload as well. But, you know, no complaints at all. We, we love this. We love this stuff. Why are you your own mechanic? What What's the reasoning behind that? Uh, well, in the ATV world, it's hard um you know we don't have as much funding as you know the the dirt bike side sure and and so much of our stuff is custom one-off parts um so many modifications and it's it's really hard to find somebody there's only maybe a handful of people in industry who really know everything a to z and can build a bike perfect for a two-hour woods race throughout the entire year it's there's so much custom stuff that goes into it that more or less me and my dad, we just basically just through all of our, our bumps and bruises over the years, we kind of put together our own system. Okay. It's gotten better and better and shoot dude. It's just, it's been rolling and it's been working. <laughs> Clearly. And we've had the options, you know, to, to, to almost have help. And, you know, but at the end of the day, we're like, uh, we love what we do. It works well. Um, we trust each other. Yeah, it's more work, but you know, I know when I'm going to the starting line that the amount of work that I put into it, my bike's a hundred percent right. And, and, um, at this point in my career, it's, I, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm yeah, happy with it. It's working. And I want, we have more questions on all that, but I, 
since we've never had you on, we our listeners probably don't know a lot about you. I'd like to get just a little bit of background. Like, where'd you grow up? You mentioned your dad, so clearly he's been involved with off-road, I'm guessing. Like, how'd you get involved with off-road, and why ATVs and not dirt bikes? What brought all that on? Uh, well, I got into ATV racing because my dad. I, I started out in the dirt bike, you know, and um, I had the PW50, KTM50, all, all that, and uh, got to the 65 level, and my dad started racing GNCC and I went to one with him and dude, I was hooked. I wanted to do what my dad did. He was my hero. So, uh, he, he took me to the dark side and, and uh, I've been there ever since. And I kind of got started with GNCC in 2005, whenever I believe they did one of their first inaugural youth races. And, um, man, I was able to just come up to the ranks and, uh, you know, win the schoolboy title, college a, the XC two before the XC one, you know, the, the, the good classes on the come up. So, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the fast version, but okay. there's been a lot of bumps and bruises over the year. I'm, I'm out of Bidwell, Ohio, Southeastern right there where West Virginia, Kentucky and Ohio kind of all come together. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool story. I, I, I like that it's, and it is with most of us. It's usually family. A lot of the times it gets you involved. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's my dad's my right hand man. You know, I dig uh, it. so we do a lot of stuff together. That's awesome. So Jamie here got to go to a couple of the the cross country races, the GNCCs, and they're just filled. He shows us videos. There's a million people there, <laughs> and I know how because I I raced quads. Back in the day when it was big and it was motocross, at every race there was four or five quad classes and all that kind of stuff, and it died off. How is the scene in the cross country in the XC stuff for the quads? Is it is it still going strong? Is there multiple classes? How like you know for amateurs up? It, it's still going strong. I mean, um, I think we almost had one of our more record breaking years for, as a whole for GNCC at the Ironman this last race of the year. It was a huge, huge event. You know, uh, you go to Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, and then down the Carolinas. There, there's a lot of people who race four wheelers, and uh, there's a lot of different local series, but none, none come close to GNCC. And, uh, you know, whenever we go to places like Snowshoe, and it's kind of become our red bud in a sense, and everyone's down at the at the at the mud hole partying and carrying on, waving American flags, fireworks going off, people passing out drunk. You kind of using people for traction. We got a lot of cool one off events that pull in a lot of people, and yeah, uh, yeah. It, the, the people really love to you know get up close and you know they can help people get unstuck in the mud holes and point lines kind of help people who who they want and it's, it's cool how they can get involved like that yeah. so i think that's a big thing for it davy coombs told me iron man was 2834 unique entries between saturday which is the atv side and sunday which is the dirt bike side that's insane that's crazy and <clears throat> yeah there's it's really cool i mean i know scott you had a question sorry it's really cool I said this last on the last show when we had all the, the like Stu Baylor on and stuff that when I go to these GNCCs, how family oriented it is. Uh, you talked about that, Bryce, Bryson, with your dad. I'm standing in line to get food, and it was cash only at this particular place, and I didn't have enough. Like I was two dollars short, and this guy behind me was like, "Oh, I got it." He had four kids with him that all raced. He raced. His wife rode a little bit. It's like the whole family's involved with these things. And are the entry fees as high as they are for moto? Yeah, Jeez, pretty much. Oh. But but it's so it's just really cool how family oriented the off road scene is. You're right about that. You know, people 
we, we got the, those values at heart and we kind of still kind of had the feeling around the pits that it's kind of one of the places left in the world where you can kind of leave all your stuff unlocked, your camper, your, your trailer door open all weekend long, your <laughs> yeah. kids run off like crazy, go wherever they want in the woods on a 12 mile property, which is, you know, can be four or five, 600 acres. And you just know that they're, they're in good hands and there's good people around and, um, you can you can ask anybody for help you know there's been races this year where i had a breakdown and uh some of my my ultra competitors people they they came and helped me out and it's just there's a lot of hospitality with it still in atv racing and gncc as a whole so yep you can't beat the atmosphere to gncc it's cool that's a good point i i have seen like even on the two-wheel side some teams one team helping another team or you know another rider or whatever it that's that's actually a really good point that i hadn't brought up before yeah, it's it's like our our sport has become like it, it used to be, you know, very technical riding in the woods, like um, the the true blue, true roots. But today's pace is so fast that whenever you do have an issue or a problem, and you lose a minute to two minutes, you're basically out out of the chances to win a race yeah. altogether at that point. So teams are more adept to help because you know you might not be on the podium, but you know, just a top 10 finish can make or break your year um, at, at the end whenever all, all the points tally up. For sure. Got it. Oh. Um, so, you, do you, first of all, do you guys, you know, do y'all always go on Saturday or do y'all sometimes go on Sundays? Oh, it's, it's always been quads on Saturday okay. and uh, dirt bike Sunday. Okay, so, so my theory is, is that the majority of the time, the fans are the Saturday. Like that's their first chance to really like crack open the beers and get <laughs> and get the whole day going. So some might say that you guys get them at the at the as at the rowdiest point of the weekend. I don't know. Sunday they got to slowly go back. Yeah, so over. so maybe you guys you guys might low key get the the full the full fandom. I you, dude, you're right. You're right, and uh, it it's sad sometimes especially snowshoe high i already mentioned that one you know everyone is hung over by sunday morning for the dirt bikes and they call this infamous mud hole howard's hole and it's where everybody goes on saturday i've heard I've seen some footage yeah. of that dude it was like woodstock it's insane <laughs> <laughs> it is, dude. And, and we're racing through there and basically it's like a sea of people so you're coming down through these rocks and they're as big as your bike and you're picking your way through if you get sideways, get stuck, I mean, you got like 10 hands on you all at once. But it's just a sea of people. You get down the mud hole and you got two ways. And, and they kind of force you. It, like whenever you walk down there on Friday, you, you can. there's all kinds of options. But when you get there Saturday, they force you into the worst spot. And, like, <laughs> you can't decide. Like, if, like you, <laughs> dude, this year we had people um, – Pulling a roll off, you know, you getting sprayed with beer. I mean, there's fireworks, American flags, dude. It's nuts. So, so that's awesome. So we all three did a, um, a enduro, a yeah. hard enduro, hard or enduro, yeah, whatever. And I can't imagine doing that with like having to pick two lines the whole time. You know, talking about like, like <laughs> yeah. Well, that that hard enduro we did. There's no way a quad could have made it because it was so narrow. It's but so narrow, but they have, yeah. you guys have. Like they do have more than one route in GNCC for the quads and the the bikes, right? I, I know I saw some different color coded arrows. Oh yeah, yeah. The the dirt bikes they throw in some single track for them. Yeah. Um, the quads we kind of have some some th- special stuff thrown in for us. But the way GNCC does it, it's usually around ten to twelve mile tracks. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about GNCC is that, um, especially on the quad, that you can go twenty five feet off the track either way. 
Okay. And it, when, when you're in the woods and you can just mow over trees, make your own lines and, and kind of, you know, figure out your own ways to pass. And then, then there'll be times where there'll be a mud race and you'll come to, I don't know, a, a valley, a creek bottom. There'll be 50 bikes drawn out everywhere. And you basically just, it's a free for all. And it's just <laughs> a all people going everywhere, getting yeah. stuck. And you, you just got to survive. You got to make your way through and just find a way. And it definitely makes it special. So they the have they have classes for like the four by four four wheelers too, right? Yes, yeah. They race at ten a.m. and y'all race morning. at what time? One. What? Well, it's two o'clock now. So basically, they race at ten, us at two. So basically, on a mud race weekend, there are some trenches y'all got to get to get those four fifties through. Dude, <laughs> the four by fours—they're insane in the mud races with their big tires. Um, they can pretty well just go wherever the heck they want. And by the time we get to it, I'm telling you, there's there's some holes over the years, but it, it's it swallow you, and you're there all day. <laughs> so I'm out. I'm out. You got to be smart. You got to be smart. <laughs> How do you get up Ironman Hill? Because that felt to me, even on a bike, it felt scary and so narrow. I don't understand how you get up on a quad. <laughs> it's it's it comes down to momentum. You know, the the, <laughs> the hard part is the creek and oh, the yeah. lap riders sometimes when you're coming up on, on slower traffic and they have problems and there's chaos and they kind of bum up the good line. But dude, we got such good torque. And it's kind of like one of those, you've been there, you've done it so many times where, um, Ironman Hill is, is tough, but we've had a couple other hill climbs that are death defying. They're really hard to make as well. So, I just it just comes down to momentum, man. Oh yeah, and balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <and> balls. <laughs> yeah, I, it was kind of funny. It's kind of ironic that we saw that I saw it today because I I saw an Instagram clip of I don't know where it was at. It might have been Ironman Hill or something like that. It was a dude riding on the on the quad and he was going up this big hill and there's people everywhere and he just like fully sent it and he went like ten feet up up on the top of the jump and like he hit like his back tires like hit the tree the tree hadn't been there and it took out like 10 people yeah, and yeah. like he was still down at the bottom and the bike was like up top and like uh, it's crazy. Uh, it's, like yeah like the, i've always had a mad respect for the people in gcc because you guys are so uh, fun it's uh, y'all got you guys blow my mind with this stuff that y'all will go and try <laughs> it's it's the randomness too that yeah. happens because every track's different and then if it if it's a complete mutter dry whatever like i i've I've been winning races and had a stick hit my radiator hose, just, just pop up and grab it and blow up my engine. You know, we've, there, there's, I've had vines when I'm going downhill, get wrapped around my rear axle and I'm stuck going downhill with, with a vine wrapped around it. <laughs> like the amount of stuff that can happen in a woods race, because sometimes there might be a guy that broke down the main line and you kind of got to go off on the side of the hill and kind of billy goat your way around and, it's it's you gotta it's that's what's so hard about enduro and gncc is that it's always something new you know you got to stay on your toes because the track's changing every lap and and the the people you're racing against like the the slower riders on the track and you come around and you're trying to pass them they get stuck there's a lot of factors that can happen yeah yeah the the other riders are more of a factor they're obstacles at times for i was I was an obstacle, absolutely, for all the fast guys that were trying to get by me in Ironman. So I'm, just, I'm just in everybody's way. So, yeah, you, you, it's definitely a, a new fact. It's a different factor than a motocross. I mean, lapped riders can get in the way, but not in the same way they do in off-road. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the famous saying how I think is that no matter what, every year, 
you're going to be saved by lap rider and then they're going to screw you. Sure, it's like, sure. it's, it comes, you, you take some and you lose some, like it, it goes both ways. Okay. So we've established that you're way tougher than us because you're going through the woods at Mach 10. <laughs> I didn't say it was tougher. Come on. Come he, on, he man. Is, he is. He is. He is. <laughs> All right. Fair, but, fair enough. But tell us at, at least to, to build us up. You're scared to jump a four wheeler, right? Like you like, probably like, not. Like, do you ride moto much? Um, I love to do moto. I ain't gonna. That's one of my favorite. I don't things like this ride, guy. But, I just don't like him. I I ain't got no tracks near me. Um, yeah. Fast, you know, Norm Bickley at Fast Tracks. Um, he used to help design some of the Supercross tracks back in the day. But that's the closest MX track that I have to me. So, and they don't have open practice or anything no more. So, I love moto, but I ain't gonna lie. Uh, my teammate on the Phoenix um, ATV team under David Eller. Joel Hetrick is a bad man on an MX bike, and a lot of the jumps they do on the circuit, um, dude, I'd have to speed check. I'd have to be there (laughs) for a while and kind of ride around the track and have someone to eye up and yeah. Let them do it first. <laughs> yeah, he so we we were talking a little bit about you and him at the beginning of the show with Michael Lindsay. With yeah. Michael Lindsay talking about how he uh, how Joel also rides dirt bikes. Do you get on two wheels much? Uh no. Honestly, I I've always wanted to do it, but every time I do, I always end up, you know, having a silly little little tip over <laughs> something and I'm like, forgets ah, to put his feet down. Off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Bryson, what is training like for you? How much uh, off-the-bike training do you do? How much riding do you do in between events? There's obviously a gap between the GNCC races. What's your training schedule look like? Um, you know, for GNCC, it's a two-hour race, so uh, you got to have the cardio. Yep. And the more and more that GNCC's progressed over the years, it's turned away from a marathon into a sprint. And now it's literally two hours as, as fast as a pace as you can hold to try to manage. And we do a lot of off the bike training. You know, we, we, I got a, my, my trainer from Australia, Ben Greenwood, off-road performance coach. We do a lot of strength training. Um, we do a lot of cardio, um, between the races where I'm my own mechanic. That's the, that's the difficult part is that it's hard for me to ride, four or five days a week because then I'm just stuck in a continuous loop of fixing my broken stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I try to go hit locals or, you know, get at least two or three days of our motos or something in between the races, you know, at, at the least. Okay. So Scotty. Yeah. Um, I've always, the, the, the endurance of those things is the biggest part that it always blew my mind. Where are you kind of a, where are you at with your competition? Are you trying to just get out in front and just when you have that free lap before you hit all the lappers just to get as far out as you can? Or is it kind of more of are you waiting for a certain point? What is your race strategy? Um, well, it's If I have it my way, what I try to do is it, the way that I like to try to, to ride my own race, if I have the, the opportunity to is get a top three start, get to the lead as fast as possible, and drop the hammer as fast as I can, as smooth as I can, and try to break away. Or try to force the guy behind me into a mistake. But a lot of times in GNCC, um, you know, random things happen. You get a bad start. Other people are feeling the flow, and they're rolling great. And then it comes into you got to the, the pit stops, how we got it out. We, we all stop for gas and goggles. Um, sometimes people take gloves at the hour mark, basically halfway through the race. 
And then that becomes a whole strategy where some people try to do a one um, stop pitch strategy. Other people try to do two and pitch strategies come into play uh, when you're racing people and maybe you might have a line picked out that you've been following a guy in front of you for the last two laps and he ain't been taking it and you just kind of can lay back and, and wait to the last lap. It's very situational because in the woods racing, like I said, the track's always changing and evolving. And as the track breaks down, new opportunities kind of come up and new lines develop. And, you know, in the latter half of the race is whenever you can really make passes um, if you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was so, curious because I, you know, trying to pass somebody on a four in the woods doesn't sound like easy you know, yeah like, <laughs> no. like a most logical thing to happen <laughs> no it seems like you'd have to have a lot of room yeah like at yeah. iron man you have the cornfields where it's wide open that seems easy to make a pass there but in the woods yeah it seems very difficult you have to be really have a really good race strategy as uh scotty was asking about it's it's hard because yeah uh, some tracks do kind of get more one line and the passing opportunities where we'll be running long ridges or be um, real rocky, real tight. But a, a lot of our passing opportunities come down to we've been running these properties for, you know, Ironman. We've been there for 25 years. Uh, John Penton, like 30 years. And they have a lot of split lines developed, you know, because uh, on one weekend we got two ATV races on Saturday, two dirt bike races on Sunday. And, um, that's a lot of seat time on, on a facility in one weekend sure. and people blow out trees, they make new lines. <laughs> and, and then every year we come back, those lines stay and they're kind of there. So the split lines is where you really have your opportunity in the woods. Or sometimes we'll walk the track on Friday and we'll kind of eye up some brush and, you know, by the eye of it, it looks hairy as hell. But if you walk through it, you're like, oh, there's no stumps in here. It looks like I can I can make it happen. I can get through here. <laughs> and, and you just bulldoze your way through and make Holy your own crap. way. Yeah. Insane. So, so that's, a, that, that's yeah. us during like uh, practice where we're like, no one's going over here. Let's make a rut that I can use during a race. He's right. going, there's a bush here that I can mow over with my four-wheeler. <laughs> but he's also doing that in 13, a 13-mile 13 loop. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't remember a 13-mile motocross <laughs> you track. You forget to get, get the wrong bush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that bush. Bryson, <laughs> uh, I got a couple more questions for you. Um, your competition level, I, I didn't do a, enough research. I'll be honest to see like how dominant you are. Do you are and how deep the class is? Like I, we had Liam Draper on last week and we talked to uh, Rachel Archer and Stu. And I know in the XC one and on the motorcycle side, I think the first seven rounds there were seven winners. What's it like on the quad side, the ATV side? Well, uh, you know, I'm in a I'm in a unique spot where championship wise, for whatever reason, on the ATV side, there's always been a guy who's dominating for a long time. Uh -huh. um, it started with Barry Hawk. He won the championship seven times, then Bill Balance won it nine times, and then Chris Ford six, then Walker Fowler before me seven, and then I had the biggest pressure on me because I got my first. I'm like, I don't want to be the first guy to you know <laughs> not back this up. Sure. And, and, and kind of like let down a, a long list of, of, of legends. So um, this year was really hard work, you know, myself, because I, I wanted to try to back it up. But uh, that's kind of unique there. But there's a lot of competition. You know, it don't matter what you're doing. If you're doing if you're drag racing lawnmowers, or, <laughs> sure, or yeah. there's three people there no matter what. 
who's going to show up to win and, and they're tough. So, um, you know, Walker, seven time champ, he's got a lot of wins. Um, Hunter Hart and Cole Richardson, there, there's, there's a few people who really got this stuff and they're, and, and they're fast. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool to, to hear all this and, and kind of learn from it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about, you mentioned snowshoe a couple times and I have not been there, but I was told that's the one I do not want to go to really a lot to, of rocks. Watch, it'd be awesome. re- yeah. Really <laughs> slow. <clears throat> and I was kind of curious. I did do wild boar this year. That one sucked too. Cause I, I was not prepared for, uh, 13 miles of sand whoops basically. Uh, yeah. So I kind of want to know what, awful. like what you like, what type of terrain, what course is your favorite? Uh, me, I'm a little bit different than a lot of like ATV guys. Is I like it when the track is the fastest and the roughest it can be. Like like wild boar is like w- stupid rough. It's sand whoops for basically two hours. You just yep. lean back, just hitting sand whoops the whole time. I like tracks like that and Ironman. Um, the one at Big Buck, um, the track gets really rough there. I like tracks, um, when they, they, they get real racy and pretty fast when you're up in the gearbox, third or fourth gear in the woods. And it's got a lot of flow with a lot of chop. Um, my bike works really good in that stuff. The, the races that it becomes like the survival mud races and snowshoe, that's when it's kind of called the great equalizer, you know, obviously in the mud, but it gets really hard because literally anybody, uh, even even the people in the XE2 class behind you can win an overall on, on adjusted time in a mud race. Oh, interesting. And that's when it gets real hairy real quick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah, it's very interesting. The other question I have for you is uh, a lot of the two-wheeled guys race like the some of the other series, whether it be Hare and Hound or the uh, a couple of the Enduro series. Do you do any other series that you, that you get involved with, or are you pretty much stick with GNCC? And also on top of that, are there any events that you would like to do in the future that you haven't had a chance to do? Um, I'll start off by saying my favorite race to do that's not GNCC is this one in France. It's a 12-hour race, Ugh. and uh, it's called Pont de Vue, but we have two other teammates. And it's literally like um, like a TT track. Um, you're on a motocross with ATV and one bike. And you just got to last 12 hours. And oh we've, we've been close to winning it in years past. Our best finish was third, which is really cool. But that's a very cool, you know, one-off race. But I usually go to Wexer and IXCR. Those are my two favorites because they're kind of real local to me. IXCR is a very good series. Um, in Indiana, they the amount of woods racers they have on dirt bikes and quads they kind of, they're like the Hatfields and McCoys. There's like four, <laughs> four theories there and they all are competing against one another and they all think that they're the best. But if all four of them came together, I'm telling you, they, they'd be one hell of a series. They'd almost be close to GNCC pulling numbers if they could just put aside their differences. But I like Indiana a lot. It's got okay. great dirt, the soil, the, the hill climbs. Um, it, it's the, the flow of the woods. That's probably my favorite place to race, I'd say. Awesome. Bryson Neal tonight brought to you by Guts Racing. Uh, got one more for him to go out here. Yeah, we had a, a listener question. They our, our listeners like to get to the brass tacks, and they wanted to <laughs> oh, they wanted to know if you what kind of bonuses you get if your championship wins and stuff like that. Are you, you, um, you don't have to do specific <laughs> yeah, You don't numbers. have to answer that if you don't we, want we to. We went down to the penny. We know exactly how much money yeah. you're making. Well, uh, I won't say specifically how much, but you definitely get money uh, for, for championship bonus. But also, um, I have some with other sponsors who you know kind of don't offer contingency or cash where I can get products. 
Mm. Um, you know, I can, I can get an extra axle or an extra one of these or something if they don't ever off because there's sponsors we have in the ATV side that they, they never pay money. So yeah. I might get an extra steering stabilizer or an extra this or that, you know, try to at least. Yeah, with a yeah, it helps. Like if I go out and I get the result, I, I do the work and as we, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of unique deal where yeah. they're happy to do that. It's it's kind of cool. It's almost like old school, like like motocross video game. Like you you win a couple oh, races yeah. and then you unlock. Un- what do you want to buy with your win? Yeah, yeah. You unlock the next level yeah, of chassis. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool. a good one. You're right. I like you that. Get, he gets power ups. Yeah, power ups. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that is all you had, Scotty? Uh, were you going to ask the? Was no, go ahead. A, uh, there was there was a. Another question about uh, about about your. I think we kind of talked about your training program a little bit, but are you guys like doing like cycling or like two wheeled stuff or for that or mountain, uh, biking, mountain biking stuff like that or how? Do, what do you do for that kind of training? Uh, me, you know, I've always I kind of get bored whenever I do the same thing repetitive over and over and over again. So I'll go through phases where I will cycle. Um, I'll mountain bike. I'll do the row machine. Sometimes I'll run. But a variation, I, I kind of always try to keep it fresh and because the hardest thing is our year is so long, just like everyone else who races motocross. It's so hard to stay healthy and stay in a certain type of shape year-round, and it kind of gets stagnant sometimes. So I try yeah. to keep it fresh. So. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember I was in my early 30s and beat up from racing four-wheelers, and one day I was looking at my wife, and I was like, I can probably race quads for another four or five years and then I won't be able to walk or I can switch over to riding dirt bikes and probably ride the rest of my life because they just don't beat you up as bad. What is the average age of some of like the top uh, pros in racing the quads right now? Um, I would say that like would be the right answer be like, what's the prime? Like yeah, when's, the, the prime, when, and the, does it, when does it get just too hard on your body to continue? The, the prime is anywhere from as soon as you're 18, obviously, to I I want to say 30, 31, 32. Yeah. But um, Chad Wien is the one anomaly. He's the seven-time champ who races against Joel. I think he was 36, 37 whenever he won his last championship, and he's 38 or 39 now, and he's still, you know, he's still um, winning races and competitive um, wow. there every weekend. So. I'm telling you, I mean, look at Tom Brady, look at LeBron yeah. James, the, the athletes today, the, the knowledge that we know. It just seems like the stuff we thought a decade ago that people would be done at 30, now they're hanging on until 35. It's 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 uh, becoming a new game almost, I think, where we're at right now. Reinvigorating us. I like it. Um, we'll start yeah. wrapping this thing. Did you have anything else, Scotty? Was that? Oh. Um, I, got, I got one more, and we'll let him go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> I was well. I have a personality question that I sent you, but first, I also want. I mentioned at the beginning of the thing, Bryson, you're an X brand athlete. X brand's a sponsor of the show. Uh, Rich Taylor and I were texting when I left Ironman because um, Josh Strang won and uh, a couple. He, he had a couple other winners that day, and and then you're you you won two championships for him. But X brand yep. is very heavily used in the GNCC, and I'm an X brand rep here in Texas, so I just yeah what. What is it about X brand that you like to how, and why do they work for you? Um, my number one thing is relationship. Yep. Uh, rich, rich is so easy to work with. That, that guy is amazing. Um, anytime I've ever called him, I've ever reached out to him, needed anything. Me as a writer, 
uh, especially kind of being on the ATV side. I started working in 2016. And at that point, I think I was his only ATV guy at all. So I was a whole, I was like the redheaded stepchild and he took great care of me. And, um, he's just super nice, super caring, um, top notch guy. And I, I would say loyalty is the number one thing for me with X friend. Um, but the other thing of course, is the goggles that they have, um, the zip off system they offer with, uh, the, the big durable roll, roll off packs, how big they are, like in a GNCC race on a weekend, mud, dust, whatever we're going through. I know that my goggles are not going to fail me and I haven't had a failure in my goggles, um, in a few years, knock on wood. So, um, you know, it's top notch products, the, the, the no sweat foam, everything about them is, is really nice. They last for the GNCCs. And for me, I kind of, I don't always roll brand new week in, week out. And the cool thing for me is that I get a really good life cycle out of the yep. goggles as yeah. well. They last and, and they hold up and they're really durable. I agree. I agree, guys. So go to your local dealership, ask for X brand, distribute it through WPS or visit xbrand.com. Get you some of the new lucids. They're such an easy ch- uh, lens changing system and they are, they're fantastic goggles. It's all I wear. Uh, TJ, you're wearing them. I don't yeah. know if I've got you in them yet. Scotty, Scotty doesn't ride anymore. Scotty hasn't rode in a year, so it doesn't really matter. Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. Scotty doesn't know. I forgot about that movie. That's a good one. I've heard it my whole life, dude. Never let it know. Well, Bryson, man, it's been a pleasure to have you on as our first quad rider. I think we are going to get your teammate on um, pretty soon. Uh, we're going to reach out and get Joel on. Like I said, my, my boss at Vital, Michael Lindsay, knows him, and he's been at actually at Phoenix all last week So with uh, the Dylan Ferrandez stuff going on. So, yeah, we're going to try yep. to get Joel on. So, But you were the first, man. You, you, uh, you popped the cherry. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on, man. I had a blast, and uh, hopefully some people got the last laugh at some of the stuff we talked about in the quad guys today. Absolutely, so. dude. I am, I'm, I'm blown away by what you got, all the GNCC riders. I, I have fallen in love with that series, getting the chance to do a few of them. Now I've done three total, and, uh, yeah, you guys don't get enough credit for how good you guys are. Uh, we we appreciate it. We we uh we just love racing at the end of the day, dude. And there ain't nothing like it. That's so. it, man. Well, Bryson, we uh yeah, good luck with uh, your off season, and we'll definitely get you on again next year once the season starts back off. All right, man. Hey, you All guys right. too. Have a good Thanksgiving, Christmas, yep. and talk to you soon. You too, buddy. Thank you. Bye bye. Right. That's Bryson Neal. Brought to you by Guts Racing. That was fun, man. Yeah, I like I like. When we get different things on and have different perspectives. I can't mute every time I'm coming. Just keep bringing it up. That helps. (laughs) But no, whenever we get to have new... I feel like I'm dying. Whenever we have new guys on like that, like it's a different perspective, different things. Yeah. I kind of like having the GNCC guys on, honestly. We have to start doing Uh, it gonna. Yeah, I've got... I picked up a lot of their phone numbers at the last race. Uh, Not obviously the quad guys as much, but a lot of the... Two wheel guys. So, what are you laughing at over there? Split. Well, first off, somebody. Well, uh, our listeners are amazing. But anyways, <laughs> cherry side popper. Um, anyways, <laughs> sorry for the listeners that aren't on. If you're not what if you're not watching live and 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 joining, joining. In the chat, then you're missing out. These yeah. guys are awesome. Anyways, I, I just wish. Okay, trail riding is so much fun. Yeah. Like you can go out and you can and ride trails, and just have a blast. Sure, um, but it's just not fun to race. Really? Well, you've only done. Well, I know no, you've I've done. done one. I've done okay. quite a few. And it's well, just, I, see, I thought it was fun to race, but I also do the race as if I'm just trail riding. Like I'm not. 
Yeah, well, but me, like, I, the fun part of racing is when the gate drops and you all pile into the first corner and you're pushing around, you know, elbows out. You got, you got somebody in front of you that you're chasing or you're trying to... Yeah, that's that's kind of how racing works. Yeah. But it doesn't do that in the cross country. Okay, how many people did you... Well, you didn't even ride, but, like, half a lap. Anyways. <laughs> what? I did my... I did, a, I did a whole stage. Okay, but I'm just saying, like... Like when you're out there in the woods and you're racing and you're away from everybody, you don't know where you are. You don't know that the guys coming behind you are in your class or not. They'll let you then know, you, but they don't, and you don't know. It's just the racing part. I love trail riding. I mean, I go out all the time to ride trails. I mean, I see what you're saying. For me, when I was doing these GNCC races, it's like if there's, I, I know when somebody's coming behind me, they're clearly faster, so I just let them go. But it doesn't really matter to me what class they're in or if I'm coming up on somebody else. I'm just racing the course, and then if I see somebody, oh, I'm going to try to catch that guy. So, I mean, I'm still finding myself The guys that are lapping you are at a way different pace. Well, it's not even being lapped. They're just, they started behind you. Yeah, because they're in different class, but they're clearly faster than just, But it could be in your class, and you don't know. And you just well, let somebody buy. Well, in you do know because they give you a big square sticker on the back, and it's color-coded And so after class. he passes you, you're like, oh, damn it. That's my class. Well, I mean, if, dude, if the guy's <laughs> coming that much faster than you, like it's most of the guys are way faster, and you're like, yeah. well, what's the point? Yeah. Or, I don't know. Or I just, you catch somebody, but I, I, I do see what you're saying. It's a different type I of... Genu- I genu- genuinely, genuinely unless love... You're, unless you're Steve Mathis, and you say genuinely. I genuinely <laughs> love riding trails. We go yeah, all the time. But racing cross country is just boring. You don't even you don't really like racing at all anymore. I love racing. Okay, never mind. What do you? Scotty doesn't know. Yeah, is I don't. What, I don't. What, what movie is that from? Yeah, I've never heard that movie. Uh, Euro Trip. That might be too old for it. No, I remember. No, I remember. I, I remember Euro like Trip. In, he seems, uh, I've seen it at Blockbuster. It's, yeah. So, <laughs> it's a, there's a, there's it. a song in it. Where it's a they, National Lampoon's movie, right? Ah, uh, I, I don't think it's National. Maybe not. I don't think it is. It's oh, okay. kind of like that though, but. Uh, there's basically there's a song in it where it's the song's called Scotty doesn't know and he's talking about how this guy's sleeping with Scotty's girlfriend and like oh. she's like she's on her knees and yeah Scotty doesn't know Scotty doesn't That's know funny. yeah All right. yeah I dig it guys Moto X Pod Show at Gmail That's our email if you want to give us any comments questions critique if you want to get involved with the Pro X highs and lows um, the six D picks once we get back into racing any of that kind of stuff if you want to let us know anything motoxpodshow at gmail.com and what we're going to do we're going to do a little contest tonight we, we're going to do an FXR casual giveaway that's a hat and a t-shirt so if you want to win the FXR hat and or, or and t-shirt <clears throat> send us an email tell us uh, your favorite well, you know what? Tell us why what you would do for a package of these Tim Tams and I'll throw those in also we'll give you one package of Tim Tams you know, you know, it's coming out be, of these two guys' stash, but I want to know what you do for a package of Tim Tams. We'll pick the funniest gonna or get, best. It's going to get weird. I hope it does. <laughs> and we'll pick the best one. We'll read it on air, and then you'll also get an FXR. What do you see? My casual. email. Yeah. Well, I know your quad god email and your racing for the sun email. So quad god. Quad oh god. god. That's not oh what it god. is, but go ahead. It, it was something like that, though, wasn't it? There is super quad guy. Super quad guy. <laughs> How do we know you're a nerd? Yeah. Oh, well, man, at least I didn't funny. give well, myself my own. Like my email's not any better, Dark Side Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, when, when I was, when I was Moto like in seventh grade, I was, I was Dirt Man. Dirt Man. When you were doing what? When I was like a kid, it was like Dirt Man or something like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, what I, I thought would be cool to see on the, uh, like on a, 
giveaway question kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Would it be to the guys to kind of say, like, what was their favorite guest that we've had or a favorite moment that they could think of or, like, <laughs> something that they, they we've talked about on the show that they thought was, I don't know, like maybe like a favorite moment of the show. Well, let's save that. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking, yeah, that's just a good one. We'll loud. save that for the next giveaway. We have other epics. Like yep, I like yeah. that one. Hey, Scotty, finally had one. Good I've, I've been doing all right tonight. It's been an okay night. Let's not. Let's let's. And I think I've got, I think so far I've gotten through all the reads without flubbing. Well, we, we, nope. I've been watching and waiting, but now you said it. You're, yeah, now now I'm screwed. But yeah. but that's okay. It's kind of really like uh, it's kind of like when when Jordan had the flu in Game Six, like he just and he could, still crushed it. Yeah, because he could, he had he was sick, so he didn't he had to focus on just the game. So you you're sick, so you're just like oh yeah, you yeah. can't you can't think about messing up the reads. Right. Well, we're about to find out. Why are we we're talking uh, about baseball. Uh, I was talking about golf. FXR is designed by racers. Four racers with industry-leading fit, finish, and performance progression in the... See, I can't oh, breathe. We can't breathe. What are you doing? I have a big old snot wad in my nose right now, and it's like right trying the, to come and out. And it says snot wad in the middle of the... Yeah, yeah the that read. was part of the read. FXR is designed by racers, four <laughs> racers with industry-leading fit, finish, and performance. Progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best products possible. Visit FXRRacing.com to see the numerous gear lines, including the 24-set uh, gear lines are out. Go to your local dealership. Ask for FXR. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> so, I went off script. So close. <laughs> I went off script. Um, FXR emails. This one is, what's one technique that you guys need to focus on or improve on? When I read this, I laughed. I thought my uh, the technique I need to focus on is riding a dirt bike. <laughs> Me is like... If we're honestly answering it, I need to figure out what I can really good at charging into corners, but then once I get in the corner, I just totally screw up come exiting the corner. Corners would be my number one. Yeah, I know I have, I have corner looked, speed, entry speed, but it's the coming out. Like, like when we rode this last weekend, yeah, behind you, I mean, because you're on a 450, you just like coasted through the corner and then just sat down and hit that step up like oh, no yeah. problem. I just couldn't get the confidence coming out of the corner to get the drive to do that double. Sure. And, um, yeah, so yeah, I was, I was cruising a little bit waiting to, to ride with you, but I, but yeah, my corner speed still sucks. <laughs> no, I mean, I was, he was way faster, but, yeah. but no, I'm just saying like the, like I being, not being on a 450, you have to know. Yeah. 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 Uh, mine is you? besides just tightening my drain bolt, mine would be, uh, <laughs> uh, what, I'll That's say good. one thing that I worked on that I think was the biggest improvement that I ever just working on one single thing changed how I rode and how much faster I got was, was standing later into corners and like not sitting until I'm in the rut. That was like a big deal, big breaking point for me. And I started feeling myself where I could feel the tires breaking more. I could feel my momentum in the corners by just carrying, not stopping and then getting to the corner by like sitting into the corner. But I think the biggest thing that I have to work on would is, is, uh, is gripping with my legs yeah, that's all a big the time. One. I, when I start getting like over jumps or or over like a rhythm section kind of situation, I, I kind of my my knees kind of start going all over the place. See, I, all those are me. I'm sitting here going, okay, my corner speed is really bad. My entry speed is really bad. Um, I don't keep my fingers on the levers properly. Uh, I don't squeeze with my knees. What else do I not do? Uh, I, I slam the rear brake a lot of times. Like I have just awful technique. So yeah. there's so many. I don't even know where to begin half the time. The squeezing with the legs thing drives me crazy. And maybe it's because I'm tall, but my knees are like eight inches above the tank. So I'm like squeezing with my 
But I'd, my calves. But yeah, that's what you're supposed. You're supposed, you're supposed to dig your heels in. Yeah. and the whole side of your foot. I wish they would say that instead of squeeze with your le- your legs. No, it's like squeeze with your feet. With your yeah, because that's with, really the only thing I'm making contact. Because when I when I'm on the pit bike, I practice that a lot. So yeah. it keeps me doing it naturally on the big bike. And your knees are my knees are almost touching on the fifties because you know the seat's so low. Sure. Uh, all right, let's do the X-Brand form check-in. X-Brand, we just mentioned with Bryce and Neil, m- many others, has quietly grown in one of the premier goggle choices available. Using some of the most grueling conditions by the 2022 and now 23 GNCC XC champion. Well, this is actually Linda Snodgrass, sorry. Uh, the, and then Bryce and Neil, as well as Josh Strang, Grant Baylor, uh, Craig Long, many others. And there's some Supercross riders that are like uh, Hunter Lawrence is in them with the Alpine Star branding. Can't believe that nobody says don't say that. I'm just surprised. Out of Hasn't all been things, said yet. I, I say what? I mean, even even. Well, never mind. I want to say. Yep. Yep. So, and they're also the same goggles used by the Muckoff FXR Club MX team. The Factory Ride FXR goggles are Lucid's. So, if you want the best goggles in the business at some of the best prices, go to your local dealership and ask for X Brand distributed through WPS. Uh, the X brand form check-in after I wipe my nose. I can't say about the X brands that the pair that I wear all the time when I ride in pit bikes are the same pair for like two years. I haven't had to change the lenses. I don't run tear offs on them. They get branches and sticks hitting them and rocks from constantly running through the woods and the lenses never scratch. I mean, like they're, well, I'm not going to go that far. I mean, my lenses get scratched, but, but I'm saying like, like yeah. I'm wearing the same pair sure. of goggles with yeah. the same lenses for two years with no, never running tear offs on them. It's pretty good. That's really good. Uh, the X brand form check-in this week is one that Michael Lindsay posted and it's jet Reynolds to club MX. It's official. So jet Reynolds has signed with club MX yeah. and that's, that's such a weird story with jet. You know, Jet going from one of the most dominant amateur riders of all time. I think he's won nine Nash, uh, Loretta's championships. <clears throat> and it just didn't work out. Injuries, his debut at Indianapolis two years ago was uh, he crashed in on press day and never got to race a pro race <clears throat> in Supercross. And, you know, he really he, he did a couple outdoor races, but it just never really showed what was expected. And I wonder about this move to club... It's a good team, but when you go from one of the best teams to a a second-level team or whatever, and you never really showed what you have, like, can you get back to that? Like, I think it depends on how much pressure. Like, the other teams, he is like, I'm hired here because they want me to win. uh I got to – but if he goes to club going, okay, like, and they are smart about it, and they're like, let's give this kid a reset. Let's – you know what I mean? Like, you you have what it takes. You know – and maybe it's what he needs. As an amateur, I'm sure he went to the line every time with the best bike, with the best setup, with the best mechanic, with the best of everything. So I'm not saying that that made him faster, but the confidence that he went down there, he's already beat all those kids his whole life. He knew he could beat them, and then turns pro, gets injured, has some issues, and then the confidence goes downhill. I mean, I think that's what it really boils down to. Yeah, and I think there was a big lack of confidence on his part. I feel like he said that in the past. So, uh, Sky, what are your thoughts, well, man? My well, my question is, is when is the the last person that was a straight, just dominant amateur has, hasn't had a story kind of like what Jet says? I mean, I mean, honestly, like, like Jet Ryder's was. kind of in the middle of that. I mean, you can say Hayden, but Hayden really, I mean, he only did a couple of, 
events in A-class, and he didn't win all of them. He didn't, like, dominate in them. And like, he wasn't dominating on mini bikes. Um, Daxton was, was – yeah, yeah, so it's, you know, it's it, that's that's – it's kind of a thing now where those guys that are like that, that they have all of this expectation. It's been a while since that's been the dude. So hopefully, sure. hopefully it's kind of a reset for him and he can kind of like, like, okay, like you said, take the pressure off. Let's start over. You kind of have to get demoted in order to get promoted again. So I think maybe it'll be a building block for him. He can, I hope he, so. he can kind of reset yeah. and start over. So yeah, I, I hope so. And, and ML store here says that, um, he actually asked for a one year deal basically. Cause he, he wants to be motivated yeah. to challenge. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking, I, I think that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I think it, he'll be fine. He just really hasn't had any time racing in the last few years. It just seems like always something happens when yeah. he's off. Or- uh, and it's all the responses that I've read from the other forum members are like, "Hey, good, perfect spot for him. Great to see this." Like, I haven't, I don't really see any negativity. Um, <laughs> one guy said, crazy. "I hope he punts." Uh, this four four one says, I, "I hope he punts Lopes." Yeah. Okay. Stoked for it. if Lopes le- leaving was Reynolds' way of getting onto this team, then I'm all for it. Uh, was hoping that doesn't hang it up. So what's with all the Enzo hate right now? Is there some? No, yeah, well, a lot. It just, it just kind of seems like what like didn't sound very positive. What you well, were that agreeing. one guy was saying, yeah, but I hadn't in, heard any others in but. our group in, in the chat. I've seen it. I've heard it online. People upset that he they feel like he screwed over club because he. I don't. There's I mean, more to the story. Let me I, just say I, that I know I mean, that's was, what I'm saying. Yeah, he didn't. But, I mean, well, wouldn't anybody though? I, I hate saying it that way, but if you you have a choice of riding for. A, yeah, a B team or the best bike in the pits. I mean, what's your definition of screwed him over? Yes, he was under contract. But, no, no, I don't think he screwed him over. I'm saying, would you leave? You, you're saying the other people are saying yes, that, right? But I'm so, saying, wouldn't you leave for the best bike? Yeah, I think you, if you have an opportunity to go to go to the best, what you consider to be the yeah. best team or the best bike, then yeah, you you would want to do that. You want yeah. to do what's best for your career. He did have the opportunity. <clears throat> and there was a, a clause in the contract that allowed him to get out of it. So he went with it. I mean, you know, I, I hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's no screwing over that. It's kind of surprising that clause was in there. Is there, is there, and you may not know this, but, or is there scuttlebutt in the, about, about did he take Scut- more money, less money, same money? Was there like that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think ML would know those details and probably Lewis would know those details. But, I, I don't have the contract details, but I know, I'm just um, curious if, if you had heard, yeah. is he getting, is, is it like, I'm taking, I'm taking less money to get this bike or it's the same money, but the bike's better. Sure. Sure. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad for Jet Reynolds. I'm glad he hasn't hung it up. Cause like two years ago, I heard he was considering like being done and he probably was, you know, probably in the back of his head, like, man, this isn't working and you're yeah. mentally frustrated. So <clears throat> kind of like LeBlanc we talked about earlier. So I'm glad he's still around. I hope, hope it works out. Uh, okay. We're going to get to the Motul TJ's tech tip this week. You got one ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right. Motul formulated, founded in 1853. It's a 170-year-old company. For decades, Motul has developed high-performance synthetic ester-based lubricants by selecting esters over high-performance synthetic-based stocks and combining them with an innovative additive package. Motul has created a perfect synergy. This most advanced ester core technology allows the maximum power output of the engine without compromising reliability and wear. You can find Motul at Motul Power Sports or the whole Motul Power Sports product lineup at shopmotul.com or your local dealership. But if you go to shopmotul.com, you can use the promo code VITAL20 to receive 20% off. I got to double check 
that code because it wasn't working the other day, and I think it might have changed. I will look that up in a second uh, while you're talking about your tech tip. So this uh, last weekend, I was sitting around the track. People are talking about, uh, what do you, like air pressure and stuff like that in the tires. And um, I was out on my little e-bike, and I'm not used to running 19-inch tires, right, because we don't never do that. So I don't know what air pressure to run. And it reminded me on how to check that when you're out riding. When you're out riding, if you will look at the side of your rim where it meets the tire, you can see how much of the dust gets rubbed off by the tire. If you have more than like a quarter of an inch of clean spot around the rim, then your tire pressure is probably too low. Um, a harder packed track, you can um, – it, it will um, – What's the one I'm looking for? A harder pack track will roll in, roll the tire more. So if you say you drop it down to like 11 psi, but you notice that you have like a half inch of clean around the rim, then you're going to get a potential flat. And not only that, your bike is is um, not going to track as well. So it's just a way to check how much pressure you're running and what that effect is on on your riding. And take sure. notes. You always take notes. You, so you wouldn't ever want to see a clean spot. Now you you want you want like a, a quarter inch at the most of clean. You want because you want that tire to roll okay. under the rim, uh, you know, a like that bit. to be able to because that that flattens your contact patch mm-hmm. out. Uh-huh. But you don't want it to go too much. So okay. what you're looking for is you want to drop that pressure down until it goes too far, and then you know, okay, on this type of terrain, I run this pressure. Okay. The new <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Fuck. The new code for Motul is Vital MX. It is not case sensitive, from what I was told. Vital MX. Uh, all right, six D. Let's do a six D read. We don't have sixty picks this week, but since its inception almost twelve years ago, sixty helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR one to its successor, the ATR two, the goal was to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase. So visit 60helmets.com or go to your local dealership and try them on. They are amazing. Um, let's do the – what's up? But two guys at the same time, like just a back-to-back cough side. Yeah, man. Someone called you mute side. That one, that one made me good. Well, you know what? Uh, to our YouTube listeners, you can F off. No, oh, don't do that. You know what? No, well, you, I tell you Why what. We're they... just going to end the show right now. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Yeah. If you don't like it. What's it, what makes it even funnier is that he doesn't see most of the stuff on the chat. No, never no, says, he's, he's, he's not very, allowed to see the chat during yeah. the show. Yeah, I don't really. He's not allowed. I don't to. care what they say about me. You do. I really it's don't. Just good you get, time. You're just missing you get, on good times. You just think you're cool now. You used to care so much, man. These people. Look, every time I do something or I call in to pulp or this, those people that bad mouthing me. You used to say that stuff all the I time. I mean, I would. Yeah, but I don't remember ever being bothered by it. You I, were there bothered was a couple by times it. I got mad at like one person in particular. What well, why there's so much hate? You know, I don't know why there's hating on me. Are we talking about Scotty? No, we're talking about you. Scotty cries. Well, yeah, Scotty cries, but that's because we're hating on him. Oh, but don't 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 try to deflect <laughs> it to him. And we're no, talking no, about you. Y'all no, cry just as much as I do. I'm good. Prox rooted <laughs> in racing from motocross to off road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha and SLR Honda. Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild, Scotty, to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. So find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer and visit prox-usa.com to search for parts for your bike and follow them on all social media platforms. 
procs, highs and lows. <coughs> you guys got any? I got my low, my low Art Ekman dying. Yeah, that's pretty. That, Vince Freeze. That was my, that dude was my whole. childhood. Yeah. And my highs. I actually didn't even write a high down this week. Um, hmm. No highs this week. I'm just saying no highs. I get to ride this weekend. Oh, yeah, I, I rode Saturday, but I, at this point, like, I, he I just, like he I ride. He just rides so much. I, I was about to say, I ride so much. It's like, yeah, it's whatever. Swan was good. It was good. I told you it's good, right? Sat, the, Dirt the, was good. The new layout is really good. Last fun. Oh, yeah, y'all, y'all you were there. Deer? So, at night, the night races, they cut the laps down this year to four laps. Oh, God, this is, is embarrassing. It's so short, so short. So, the the track owner was riding by on his mule, and I run out there and flag him down. And I walk up to him, and I put my hands together like I'm pleading. I drop down on my knees, and I'm like, please, five laps. I was like, four laps is not enough to time on the track for 30. TJ five. literally got on his knees. I told to get them, an extra fifteen seconds of riding. I'm telling you, it was and it made a <laughs> they, difference. They used to do like five laps. It used to be like six. I was. It's always been five laps, but uh. then the last year that the old owners had it, they went down to four, and then the new owners just carried that on. So, anyways, mm. I was so yeah because they. I've I've noticed that the night races are it's like well now it'll be different because well they probably won't do them because it's we're probably, done it's the last round yeah so now it's times changed but like it wouldn't even be dark and you're already almost on the, like there's like five races that actually in the dark time huh. you remember back in the day you'd go to like do the full moon series and you would leave the track at like two in the morning yeah, yeah. you'd like race yeah. race all the I night. enjoyed that yeah it was nice <coughs> it was actually night race is that it did you get both your highs and lows or your high was riding but did you have a low. TJ, mm, just to everybody being mad at Vince. That's your okay, Scotty. Highs, Wait, lows. Wasn't he mad at Vince? No, no. he he thought Vince was fine. Oh, cutting uh, the track was a little like that's, yeah. a, that's not cool. Yeah, that was. Uh, I guess highs would be that uh, that that there was racing again, and that uh, we got to see something different. And then I guess the low. <sighs> Maybe I don't. I don't really have any lows this weekend. It was a good weekend. Well, I didn't have a high. You didn't have a low. Yeah, looks like I look at the. Oh, I have a high. Y'all just have. I got one. It. All right, what is it? I drove to Dallas this weekend on my date and went to my favorite restaurant. Was that was that date a high? The date was, was she, fine. Was she was she high? <laughs> I don't think so. No, but the the steak was by far. The, this is the place I ate at when I went to the office. I talked about it on here. How this was the best steak I ever had. Where's it at? Um, Bentonville, so almost in Fort Worth, just a little bit north of Fort Worth. It's a place called Marty B's. Okay, and yeah, the unbelievable steak. I have never had a steak that good in my life. I was kind of worried I had it hyped up too much. I did not. It was just... Did, did she Did she concur? Yes, she did. She did. I was like, I hope I didn't build this up too much. And as soon as she bit in, she was like, holy shit. Yeah, so she, she said it was the best steak she had ever had too. So cool. that's going to be my high. It was uh, a, little, a little pricey, but... Yeah, yeah. But it, honestly, it was oh. worth it. I mean... But the drive and everything... Yeah, it was, it was literally... A, I, I drove five hours round trip for this steak. I guess, I guess my high should have been it was my birthday this weekend. Oh, I didn't or, even know. Yes, yesterday, actually. Wow, aren't we dicks? Yeah. And how old are you? Oh, no, wait, no, not allowed to ask How old are you, Scotty? You <laughs> know how old Scotty is? Yeah. I guess that could be my low that I'm in my middle 30s now. Oh, no. And balding. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Poor it's guy. Sad. It's over, man. I'm about I've, to be 45, so don't feel bad. Yeah. Are you balding? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Who's there? Receding hairline for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. All right, guys. I think that's going to be a wrap on this 
episode 291. Thanks to Nick Romano and Bryce and Neil for coming on. I want to thank Racetech and Boyson for being presenting sponsors. I want to thank Prox, X-Brand, Guts, FXR, 6D, Motul, and WSA for being on board with us. <clears throat> um, not sure, No show next week. Can't really tell you the schedule for December yet. We'll do a couple for sure. Um, yeah, anything before we wrap this thing up? Nope. Are we going to do, as like Vital going to do like a pre-Supercross deal? And are you going to be a part of it? I don't know. I, I would almost guarantee you ML and Lewis will. Three people like doing something like that's kind of a I'm, lot sometimes, but I don't know. And I hadn't talked about it. That I, I guarantee you Lewis and Michael will. They're a lot better at that stuff, I think, than I am, in my opinion. Lewis is. Lewis is great. Lewis is overseas. Can't Lewis wait for is, I, I miss my buddy Lewis. Lewis needs to get back here so he can once again be an American hero. Yeah, he'll be back soon. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks to our guests. See you guys in a couple weeks. Don't forget, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com for the Tim Tams and FXR casual wear giveaway. Give us your best story or best thought of what you would do for some Tim Tams, and we'll read that thing on air to the next show. On that, we're out. See ya.